It's showtime. Okay! Tokyo! South America! Australia! France! Germany! UK! Africa! Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 13th day of December, 2022. This is The Horn. Head on live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. It is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. You know, 5-ish to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or... 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard uh, Pacific Standard Time. Don't get ahead of yourself, Robin. All time zones in between and the great globe around and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I mean that with my whole heart. And thank you however you're listening, whether you're listening on TuneIn or listening at HeadOn.Live. You know, tune in where you get bonus commercials for ExxonMobil that do not in any wise benefit this program whatsoever. Hey, tune in. Call me. I kid. I kid. Uh, They're never going to call me. They like free stuff like this program. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, that's cool. Listen, we're kind of making a thing out of this. I'm going to annoy you about it for a while. Listen, if it, it does... However you're listening to the program, click that thumbs up button. Click that like button. Click that love button. I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, sorry. I, I, live in the, I live in the palm of the hand of the goddess of irony. But let the algorithms know that you're listening. They don't know unless you're liking or loving or clicking or clacking or... You get the idea. Because I'd really like to grow the program. I'd really like to bring more people into our conversation so that, well, more people of goodwill can know that this program is there and can know that they, because it's, look, it's easier, it's easier than we probably ponder, so that they can know that they're not alone, that they're not living in a right-wing hellscape that 
conservatism is not the order of the day, that most people prefer liberal progressive policies whenever they get a a chance or a choice. So, you know, if you do that, that would be fan-freaking-tastic. And I think everybody who participates in the program in whatever manner they choose would appreciate the effort so you know we're available on practically every uh, podcasting platform there is and they've all got some way of manifesting your approval of the program so your clicks mean a lot I, I guess I'm remiss in not mentioning Podbean I mean they're assholes but they're another means of disseminating the program so yeah um please but i'm getting ahead of myself because every program here at the horn begins with gratitude and this program is no different um and so consequently we say thank you to our 13th day of the month subscribers over at uh, over at paypal and you know what the 13th is no longer the uh, uh, thinnest day of the month. No, no, it's not. Uh, I, I forget. It's somewhere up in the 20-somethings of the of the month where there's only one subscriber, one lonely subscriber. Thank you to Paul. Thank you so much, Paul, for being a partial sponsor of the program. And thank you to Gary and Gaia in Oregon. Thank you. And thanks as well, jumping in uh, yesterday evening, uh, post showtime. Um, thank you to Cecilia. And so the fundraising goal this evening is eight hundred and seventy dollars. Eight hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, the PayPal button's right there at HeadOn.Live, right at the begin, you know, right there on the main page. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, well, that's on the contribute uh, tab. And if you prefer to help out via the United States Postal Service. The mailing address, you know, the Horn, 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, PMB, Paul Michael Bob. Well, there's Bob. 318 Beckley, B-E-C-K-L-E-Y-W-V, 25801 is also right there on the main page. And everything helps, especially right now. We're kind of... There are some bills we aren't sweating for another month, and right now we're sweating a couple that are really sweaty uh, so uh, if we could if we could knock down because basically what it boils down to is this week is thirty dollars funded for last Monday and here it is Wednesday prayer meeting Wednesday no less and we've got uh, yeah we got some prayer meeting stuff but uh, I, I didn't want to just jump right into the religiosity uh, well, thank you, Jake. That's really nice. Jake just sent a note and said, I rarely listen anywhere but Podbean when I do. And love, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jake. Um, fair warning to you and the horn folks. This comes from Scott in a different part of San Diego who says, unless Nurse Ratched starts in on me this afternoon, I should be calling in. Well, we're all, we're all going to be quite excited to hear from you, Scott. And, uh, well, you know, I agree. 
There's no plate like home for the Holland days. Lord God, that was a groaner. I that, that was about the first thing I saw this morning, Scott. It was it was a picture of Eggs Benedict sitting on a hubcap. Because there's no plate like chrome for the Holland days. <sighs> yeah. He who would pun would pick a pocket. As they used to say back in like the early 19th century or late 18th century. Yeah. So that means, well, I, I actually wanted to, like I said, I wanted to start with some. Uh, oh, oh, thank you, Ralphs. Ralphs is going to get us going with a $25 challenge for the sinking of Tesla stock. Ralphs. You get a cowbell, hon. Tank it some more, El No. Napoleon Bonapartheid. And we thought, well, yeah. And by the way, El No, or Napoleon, I kind of like El No. Uh, El No is, is now claiming that there was only booing at the Chase Center in San Francisco because he had triggered the liberal lefties of San Francisco. I don't think so. No, no. And that there was only booing, so yesterday it was there was only booing in the cheap seats. Now it was they were booing when a fight broke out. Oh, that poor little man baby. What kind of hot mess must his ego be? Imagine being as wealthy as Elmo and still triggered AF you know, because people aren't fawning over him. And uh, you know, as, as Annette just pointed out, it's time for Elmo to stop. He's falling into habits that haven't worked out well in the past or present. And, uh, you know, this isn't, I don't see this so much as celebrity gossip as I do a tale of the, or an account or a cautionary whatever of the dangers of wealth and buying into your own bullshit. Uh, Yoel Roth, who back in November quit Twitter, as the head of trust and safety at, uh, at the company, has, uh, according to reports, uh, scampered off because uh, in in the ongoing wars, is that the word we're going to use? Over the fate and future of Twitter, he's uh, received a bunch of... Uh, online attacks and violent threats because he was part of the conversation about whether to give credence to the uh, information in the um, in regard to the stolen data <sighs> the tar the, 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 the uh, pardon pardon the long and drawn out sigh really 
I'm just, I don't think, I, I, I don't think if I, oh, I can't even imagine mainlining or, or guzzling a, a, a Red Bull or any of those other energy drinks. I'd be ruined. My heart would probably go pop. Uh, but no amount, no amount of any sort of energy beverage could, um, I, I don't know, could provide me the necessary starch for dealing with, and it's coming, y'all. It is coming. What did, what did, uh, what did Paul Simon sing? Everybody loves the sound of a train in the distance. Everybody thinks it's true. I'm not loving the sound of this train in the dish, in the distance that's, you know, it blowing, blowing for the road and the, and the horn sounds like, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Shit, it is Tuesday. I'm sorry, I've just confused half of the Horn Family Community Congregation. I'm a day ahead of myself. So, no, I, no, the fundraising goal is not $870. The fundraising goal is $570. What did I do with that day? I don't know. Maybe I'm slipping. Uh, your calendar is rightly in New York, I, and I am live, and it is Tuesday. <sighs> she needs a vacation. She does. My bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, let me just take a quick peep over into the chat room and see how many people are going, What? What'd she say? Uh, thanks, Theo. Theo saying, Hey, Robin, cheers. Th- cheers, Theo. I hope I didn't confuse too many people. Uh, and by the way, if you pop over by the chat room, uh, uh, you'll be greeted immediately by Theo and Anatole and Squeaky, and capably moderated by longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, as well as uh, chief agronomist and, uh, and 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 mathematician of the Horn, Roger, in Oregon. I- <laughs> Well, I'm glad somebody's getting a blast out of it, Darlene. Darlene in Connecticut writing, LOL, that's hilarious. It's too... I, and it's not like I don't have a clock up here that says TU. T-U-E. I don't know what... Look. I, right, Sparky, what the fuck? It's Tuesday. I, I, girl did not have her decaf this morning, Okay. Just I didn't. Uh, Steve in New York pointing out you just uh, you just had a blonde moment. Whew! Yeah, let me pull let me pull the braid around here. Yeah, definitely blonde. Uh, no, 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 uh, no. Robin says billable Rick. Time travel? Not time travel. Billable Rick in total agreement with Steve in New York. You're just having a blonde moment. God, when the when the when the two house council with a, on a, on a, on complete opposite ends of the continent find themselves in agreement without any without with, with without any any consultation whatsoever. He, yeah, um, Scott. <laughs> See, there we go. Hell, Robin, I'm on high quality pharmaceuticals, and even I know what flipping day it is. 
I do this every now and then. Which means that at least I've got some... I got some stories to save for prayer meeting Wednesday. Robin. Nah. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, Yoel Roth is on the run because, uh, among other things, Barry Weiss who still is referred to as a journalist, God knows why, Um, fascist fangirl Barry Weiss, published uh, the latest update in the so-called Twitter files, you know, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, and uh, right-wing world is mad at Yoel Roth because he was part of the decision to ban... Nitwit Nero from Twitter. And uh, this on top of the fact that uh, Elon, Elon, Napoleon Bonapartheid, among other things, is now tweeting out garbage because, I mean, I know, I repeat myself. But he's, he's tweeting out things that uh, suggest that Mr. Roth supported, because it's the word of the year, pedophilia. He's out of hand. Anybody not a billionaire or a multimillionaire would have been taken in to have their calendar checked by now. Yeah, that's a George Carlinism. Check his calendar. But really, I, th- I think, and, and, and to use the Florida language that has been at play from time, uh, Napoleon Bonapartheid would have been Baker-acted. And then last night... In a late evening move, Napoleon Bonapartheid got rid of, dissolved the Trust and Safety Council at Twitter moments before it was to have a meeting. The meeting with representatives of Twitter. And the memo said, and I presume that Elno said this, that they're uh, reevaluating how best to bring external insights, and uh, the uh, council wasn't the best structure to do this. Our work to make Twitter a safe, informative place will be moving faster and more aggressively than ever before, and we will continue to welcome your ideas going forward about how to achieve this goal. Yeah, maybe if I work on the, maybe if I watch the first Beverly Hills Cop, I can work on my cheesy South African accent. Explaining what the uh, 
counsel actually was. Uh, uh, Alex Holmes, also a former member of it, said, Twitter's Trust and Safety Council was a group of volunteers who over many years gave up their time when consulted by Twitter staff to offer advice on a wide range of online harms and safety issues. At no point was it a governing body or decision-making. Well, it, whatever whatever mess, whatever sewer Twitter was in the past, it's now twice that uh, twice that amount, three times ten times amount that sewer. Okay, thank you, Christopher. Christopher gets us started, so we are not a goose egg this evening. Uh, here's for making me think it's Wednesday. Keep up the awesome work, Robin. I don't think that was awesome, Christopher. <laughs> on the other hand, then, but thank you. And on the other hand, Matt in San Francisco says, I love Wednesday. I got my shingle shot today. I didn't even notice you're a day ahead, although my nose is starting to run and I'm feeling a little tired. At least that makes the funding gap less. Upside! And we're not... We're not $865 in the hole because it's not tomorrow. <laughs> I hope you feel I hope you feel okay. Um, oh, God, that, that's another on the list. Uh, do I need to add get your shingle shot to the end of the program now? But I'm, I'm glad I am. I'm glad you're not getting any side effects or anything because I do remember the first shingle shot. I got that years and years ago. And I guess I'm supposed to get another one, but that one—that one made me feel like dirt. That first shingle shot. It was. I felt like I had something awful for about three days. Tardis travel. Um, this evening's uh, Doctor Who reference coming from Lee in New York. Step out of the police box, and you never know where or when it is. Yeah, and then the same thing obtains with um, Quantum Leap. Usually finding out where and when one is, in, in, in that case, is accompanied by the two words, oh boy. And uh, you know, Stephen New York says, as a fellow blonde, I know them, I see them. Blonde moments. Yeah. Um. Uh, I had no idea. Thank you for increasing the quanta of my knowledge, Irish Dave. Today's fun fact, in some parts of Latin America, Tuesday the 13th is considered to be a day of mala suerte. All right, now we have to, uh, and, there, and, and Irish Dave adding, therefore to be avoided and shit. And shit, yes. Um Oh, something to study. Ralph's just uh, provided me with the ten worst and best South African accents ever heard in movies. I'll be spending some time with that after the program. Emilio says, uh, I remember when Tesla stock was cheap at $700 before the three-to-one split. Now Tesla's at 160 which would be equivalent to 480 before the split. It's been ridiculously overpriced in general, especially in the core pandemic years. Poor Elon. Everyone's against him. Yes, I know. 
I think I'm going to shed a micro-miniature single tear for poor, poor Napoleon Bonaparte Hyde. Yes, yes. I got over, I, I got over my Tesla crush a long time ago when I realized that eventually American car manufacturers would get into the electric car game and that those cars would be built by union workers, not uh, uh, not horribly mistreated uh, servants of the libertarian Wunderkind. No, no. Wonder Kid. Never mind. That's a that's a plot line from Ted Lasso. God, I wish they'd hurry up and release season three. Sorry, I'm funny that way. So, um, even, uh, even Jack Dorsey reached out and told that told uh, Ilno that his his uh, gross pedophilia tweet was false. But falsity is no longer a bar to uh, being, being able to tweet. No. And apparently people get... And this is, this is why I'm grateful that we have our own platform here. Um... Darlene was telling me earlier today, Darlene in Connecticut, that uh, our pal Tara Devlin got a shout-out on uh, Mary Trump's podcast by one of her regular guests, a fellow by the name of Brian Karam, because Tara got muzzled by YouTube or one of the other platforms for calling out Marginal Trailer Queen over her conniption over butt plugs and said that the Tara that she was a Tara said Marjorie marginal trailer queen is a skank which is arguably true uh, and according to Brian Karam uh, he recommended that Tara be made an honorary nerd avenger over on Mary's show. As Mary Trump pointed out, you know, she was the one who brought the topic up first. I mean, technically, testicle toasting Tokyo Rose Carlson was the one who brought it up first. But then Marginal Trailer Queen decided to jump on the butt plug story please Jesus please fake sweet fake baby Jeebus let us not have that story again this evening no all kidding aside I, uh, there, there was a story that I wanted to mention um, and it ties in with the railway workers issue When they talk about 
not having personal days off. And when railway workers talk about not ha- not being adequately staffed, well, uh, this story over at Raw Story grabbed me because it was a story of a freight train that lost power 78 miles from the nearest village or farmhouse when the temperatures had plunged to 27 below zero Fahrenheit with 44 miles an hour, mile an hour winds howling outside. And uh, as the account by Linda Edwards goes, Jeff Kurtz was the locomotive engineer at the time, and it was right before his son was due to be born, and he wanted to be with his wife. And Jeff Kurtz said of that moment, so we did what we always do when we're dead on the tracks. We got some paper towels soaking wet, then stuffed them around the door and windows. The towels freeze solid and keep some of the wind from blowing in. And he went on to say, I was just glad I wasn't on a bomb train. And quite honestly, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the term bomb train in a while. Maybe because one hasn't exploded lately. Perhaps in part because, well, the Keystone Pipeline is out there screwing up the planet, or at least the portion of the planet the Keystone Pipeline flows through, and by extension, the rest of the planet, because of the filthy oil it carries. Remember the story yesterday evening, toward the end of the program, of the pipeline gush, not leak, gush, um, in northeastern Kansas at Mill Creek, where 14,000 barrels... And then just to kind of go back to that for a moment, if we can. How long, if anyone knows, how long does it take for 14,000 barrels of sludgy-ass crude to go leaking into a creek? I mean, it's, it's 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 not like a it, it it's not like a, a shipping disaster uh, on the high seas. It's not like the Exxon Valdez, for instance. But TC Canada, which owns the pipeline, was apparently so negligent that they did not get there in time. I mean, You'd kind of like to, it would be good to have, oh, I don't know, hearings. And find out when did they know and what did they, when did, when did they know and what, what did they know and when did they know it. There, I've got it right, the, Nixon, the, the order of things in the Nixon quote. What did they know and when did they know it? And how does 14,000 barrels, which is some, I forget how many tens of thousands of gallons of crude sludge, that is. Kind of makes you wonder what kind of uh, safety protocols are in place for the pipeline. What? Safety protocols, eh? Oh, we don't have no safety protocols, dear. 
Oh no, uh, that would that that would be bad. That would that would be bad for the company. So we just let the oil, the crude, the sludge. We just kind of let it until we can you know get to it, uh, like in a four wheeler or something. So fourteen thousand barrels later, and here we are with a great big earthen dam three miles downstream from the uh, from the uh, expulsion site. And it galls me to no end. Uh, thank you, Tom. Tom in sunny San Rafael says Wednesday, Tuesday. Come on now, Robin. I know you've just come unstuck in time. Well, it happens some t- once in a while. You know, pooty wheat and all of that. happens but thanks Tom thanks for (laughs) thanks for being so understanding but anyway, back to the bomb trains. We haven't had one of those in a while. Uh, I guess it was, what, 2013 when the bomb train blew up and killed a bunch of people in Lac Magotic in Quebec? But we've had bomb trains explode in Kansas. and uh, It was 2007, uh, then in uh, Oneida, New York, when... A bomb train caught an entire forest on fire, and it was so hot firefighters couldn't get anywhere near it, and they had to evacuate people. 2013 for Loch Magatic. That was uh, that was the end of the world for 47 people. 67 cars derailed and go, boom. Uh, but there have been. Bomb trains explode in Alabama, um, near Aliceville. And bomb trains have exploded in the upper, in, in, in the Midwest. And of course, bomb trains have exploded, a bomb train has exploded right here in my county where I live. And the reason for the bomb trains originally was. Well, we need to use the bomb trains because they won't let us use no pipelines. Yeah, that was the that was the oil industry. But again, an underreported story last month, November. Two hundred people in Saint James Parish in Louisiana Stan had to be evacuated when a freight train carrying. Oodles and oodles, that's a highly scientific term, oodles, of hydrochloric acid derailed and proved a a substantial threat to life itself, to people who lived there in St. James Parish. How, how, How many different outlets covered that? Not saying, just saying.
well, there's a, there's a, there's a reason. That we don't hear about these things, just like there's a reason to spill, spill, leak, gush in Kansas was so underreported. The industry doesn't like it when it is, whether it's the railroad industry or the hydrochloric acid industry or the oil industry. But the bottom line is, as we considered the plight, and it is a plight, of railroad workers. Uh, And remember, Joe to the mansion born screwed the railway workers when they tried to pass the second bill about paid sick days. Well, um, bomb trains are, 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 are understaffed in fact in the last year railroad, uh, railroad companies cut everything down to the bare bones to the point where only one person only one person is aboard the train a train that can be three miles long and whose combustion can have, as we've seen, deadly consequences. And so the, the, the story over at Raw Story by Linda Edwards points out that uh, rail workers have been pleading with Congress since 2017 for more crew and shorter trains for the sake of workers and the public. And um, the individual quoted at the beginning of the story, Jeff Kurtz, said uh, he was quite sure that Americans don't want a worker with flu working any train, especially bomb trains, because in the so-called modern era, people are uh, rail workers have to be on call 24-7, seldom get national holidays off and they spend weeks upon weeks among away from loved ones from family from kids from spouses mr kurtz in the interview said if you make a career of railway work you're probably going to die young die lonely and you will die unloved It's too much stress on a family to have one parent away for weeks at a time, never able to get permission to have a day off to go to your kid's game or take your wife to a movie or a concert on your anniversary. That sounds almost like, perish the thought, indentured servitude. And eventually... One of those bomb trains will go off again. Especially if they have to shut down the pipeline there. Because of the rupture in it. 
And we've already seen the consequences. So just something I thought was more than a little bit worth note uh, in the uh, mix of the of, of uh, everything else that we are uh, focused on. Oh, and uh, just a. Fortunately, this is not a story about anyone being killed, but, well, hell, nobody likes to be shot in general. This is the story of 66-year-old Mark Waters. 66-year-old Mark Waters lives in Santa Clara County, California, and... I guess he's terribly concerned about the safety of his neighborhood, but doesn't seem to understand what constitutes safe versus unsafe. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't terribly long ago uh, namely, you know, in the last two days. When uh, a, a 21-year-old man walked out of his Airbnb rental, he was going to take a stroll down the street to a grocery store. You know, that's a nice thing about Airbnb. There's kitchens. You can cook your own meals. So he uh, went down to the grocery store, and when he walked out of the Airbnb, he noticed that a neighbor that turned out to be 66-year-old Mark Waters, immediately left his home and began following the 21-year-old. The 21-year-old man couldn't help but notice that 66-year-old Mark Waters was, well, carrying a freedom protector. A neighbor actually captured it all on video. Because 66-year-old Mark Waters took out his Second Amendment remedy. By the way, that would be 66-year-old lawful gun owner Mark Waters. You know, the precious problem child of American law. When the 21-year-old man saw that the guy, there was a guy walking quit briskly behind him with a handgun, he took off. At which point, 66-year-old Mark Waters, lawful gun owner, shot him in the leg. Yeah. Because... You know, we can't have we can't have firearms laws in this state to or, or in, in that st- in California or in West Virginia or any state. And we can't, certainly can't have them on a national basis. 
that would do anything to ameliorate the shitstorm of violence. And so the, uh, yeah, oh, well, okay, uh, Flavio's joining the guessing game here. Subject line, Mark Waters. Let me guess, the 21-year-old guy was black. Right you are. Didn't take much guessing, did it? No. And I mentioned the Mark Waters story because tomorrow... Tomorrow will be the 10th anniversary... Sandy Hook. Guess what? We haven't done shit in this country to make it less likely the Sandy Hook, another Sandy Hook, will happen. And in fact, we know we haven't because we've got Rob Elementary at, in, in, in Uvalde, Texas. Ten years. Oh, those parents. Kids that would be getting their driver's license this year. But, well, at least pasty-faced, doughy, old, paranoid white men have lots of guns. The victim, who has not been named, uh, is in serious but stable condition. has been treated. Uh, uh, first responders showed up and rendered first aid um, to him. The cops came and executed a search warrant and went through Mark Waters' house and uh, seized his arsenal because he had an arsenal uh, multiple firearms. In this case, he used a semi-automatic handgun. They arrested him. They booked him into the Santa Clara County Jail. He was arraigned yesterday in San Jose. Oh, y'all. And I, I, I my, my first... My first inclination is to say, please stay safe wherever you are. But that's too facile by half. Because they're... There really isn't a way to stay safe. This This young man stayed safe by becoming a moving target instead of a sedentary one, meaning he only got shot in the leg. Do your best. By the way, the disease is spreading 
uh, out in Queensland State in Australia, six people, including two police officers, were killed in a gunfight there. Uh, any minute now, I expect the pasty-faced, doughy old white people of the National Rubel Association to say, See? See? Australia's gun ban doesn't work. Um, they were ambushed. Constables Matthew Arnold and Rachel McCrow. They were they went they went to the residence because there'd been a missing persons report filed. They were ambushed by two people with a shit ton of guns, dressed in camouflage fatigues. And the two officers, according to the report, were killed execution style. Four other people were killed as well. And the two, uh, the, the, the two murderers were eventually killed. One good Samaritan who tried to render aid to the two, uh, two constables was also killed. Two other police officers were taken to hospital. Apparently, once the two officers were critically injured, um, the gunman stood over them and shot them execution style where they lay. And then took their uh, sidearms away. Unverified reports indicate that the two killers were former school principal, 46-year-old Nathaniel Train, and his brother Gareth Train, and an unidentified woman. It all happened at uh, Weambilla about 180 miles northwest of Brisbane. And that the thing is, though, that's the largest loss of life uh, for, police, uh, for police in Australia. Uh, almost in, uh, well, in recent memory. Speaking of ambushes, I was thinking about that uh, beautiful, beautiful song by Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah. And there's even there's even a there's even a gunfight reference in that song. Well, maybe there's a God above, but all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who outdrew you. 
Hell of a line, Leonard. So I don't know what kind of uh, ceremony or observance that we'll have tomorrow. I presume that the folks on the editorial desks of all the major broadcast outlets will... I don't know. Will Fox will Fox take note of the tenth anniversary of the slaughter of a bunch of first graders? I don't know. Uh, will marginal trailer queen take note of that? Maybe she'll say if the if the first graders had had guns, they'd still be alive. Based on what she said about January sixth, that would be par for the course. Wouldn't it now? But I guess this Titanic Tuesday is going to wind up being sort of a gun-flavored Titanic Tuesday. We go to Houston for this one. Where... uh, a, A couple who lived in the area in the neighborhood there. Uh, well, they... Uh, give me a sec. They were having a party, and they were going door-to-door to let folks know that uh, it might get a little noisy. They were... Uh, they were. Uh, it was in an apartment complex, and they were trying to be good neighbors. That's when they knocked on the door of Kiara Brown, who came to the door pointing a pistol at them. Perched in the cant of a most persuasive pistol. And she said, This is Texas. Get with the program. She later claimed that, uh, Twarn't no real gun. I was holding a toy gun. Um. Well, she was arrested. And uh, had her peace bond set at $10,000. And the judge told her to not have anything to do with the couple who... We're simply trying to be good neighbors. This is Texas. Get with the program. That's a little bit different from uh, Keith Douglas Casey of Beaumont, Texas. Uh, he's uh, He's been taken in and charged in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Texas. Keith Douglas Casey ran in the primary uh, against uh, sitting U.S. House member Randy Weber, who is not particularly liberal. I mean, he's a he's a he's a Republican in Texas. But Keith Douglas Casey got 7.9% of the vote against him in 2022. 
He ran against him in 2018 and 2016, too, and got his ass handed to him then. But then, because it's what you do if you're a maggot, back in, uh, back in March, he started telling people that he actually beat Weber in the, in the primary and then said, and I'm going to kill him. And Weber's office reported it to federal authorities as early as March the 29th. Why? You're a Republican. Are you afraid of a man exercising his Second Amendment rights to talk about killing you? I thought that was something only sissy liberals did. According to the complaint in the matter, an office staffer told investigators they had received a call from a constituent at a radio station who told them Casey called to report a plot and said Weber and Texas Governor Greg Abbott had been involved in organized crime and had, wait for it, is that you, Carrie Lake? Stolen the election from him. They went on to say that uh, Casey had showed up at the radio station there in Beaumont, Texas on a number of occasions. The Houston Chronicle went on to report... On August 10th, Casey allegedly visited the Jefferson County Courthouse where he told health officials he was a prophet and was a servant of the Most High God. How high? Most high, dude. Most high. And then he's met with the county judge. That's like the county commissioners for people who don't know Texas uh, politics and political divisions. Um, and... Casey then went on to tell a deputy, you know, I, I hear some voices now. And then. Of course, if, the, if it was the voice of Jesus, remember, um, former Vice President Mike Pencil, that geek, would have been there to defend him. Oh, I mean, I hear God all the time. I, and I resent you saying that that means I'm mentally ill. Remember when Mike Pencil, that geek, said that? Um, Casey went on to tell the deputy, oh, you know, they've been wiretapping me. Yeah, they've definitely been wiretapping me. Uh, and for the tw 2022 midterms, he's been one of the uh, Casey. Uh, well, no, this is Weber. See, this is, this is what happens when the weirdos turn on themselves. I didn't steal the election. You stole the election. The, oh, the election was stolen. Because Randy Weber, the incumbent, you know, I told you he was well, Republican. He's among the biggest election deniers of the midterms. And over the course of time that he's been in office, he has uh, referred to both President Obama and the Speaker, Speaker Pelosi, as, wait for it, no, I'm not kidding, Nazis. Oh. Can we please explain to these Nazis, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, can we please explain to these maggots who Nazis really are and how it is that they pretty much kind of resemble them? Maybe... Um, 
are them. There are no Nazis out there campaigning for liberal Democratic candidates. I, I, don't, I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but I mean, it's a fact. Um, and uh, uh, Stephen New York saying, uh, observation, Opal Covey doesn't seem so crazy anymore. <laughs> no, Opal Covey doesn't. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, there, Ron. Ron and Rodley wants to know uh, where's Koala Kincaid, the Sheila from Down Under. Ah, uh, she's right here. She's a bit shy and was kind of hiding out because it was a bit of a horrifying story there. But uh, yes, never far away at all. And thank you to uh, Uncle Smokey. Uh, we are now down to uh, $560 uh, for our fundraising goal this evening. It would be great to take a big old bite out of that. And, uh, uh, by the way, Stephen New York realized early on in the story of 66-year-old Mark Waters of San Jose that uh, his 21-year-old victim weren't white. But he had to have his right to keep and keep and bear arms because he was a lawful gun owner and he didn't have no record nor nothing. So we got to let him have an arsenal and give him the chance to go out and try to waste a young man who'd never done a damn thing to him. Pence and God, Lee in New York says, when Mike Pence hears the voice of God, it sounds just like mother. Curious that. Now that's that the, 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 in the Trinity, Lee, the Father and the Son are boys, and the, only the Holy Spirit is feminine. Yes, Spiritu Sancto is uh, actually a feminine noun and a feminine adjective, as it is in Greek, Hagia Sophia. So just to just to clear that up. All right, uh, that all being the case, we are past the uh, first hour of the program, and I have Phil Robstered it merrily away. So, uh, uh, as promised, Scott, somewhere in San Diego, is on the line. Hey, Scott, how are you? Hey, it's the greatest comeback since Lazarus. And lots less smelly. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. He's stinking. Anyway, I don't know. I'm at the. Uh, I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and uh, last night they brought me here in the back of the beat truck to the uh, continuing care sort of uh, place. I found out one thing about hospitals, actual hospitals. They want you on that greased board out the window pretty damn quick. Do you that know they what do. I'm referring to yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. And the way they sell it to us is say, well, you know, a hospital takes care of you in an, an urgent care sort of way, in a critical need sort of way. And, you know, once we get your pulse up to normal and a little color back in your face, out you go, you know. Where's the board? 
Where's the grease? But anyway, no, I, I shouldn't complain. They were very nice people to me. Put him in the big, put him in the big straw and blow him out the window. <laughs> Pardon me, but um, anyway, so I got here last night, and I'll be here for another day or two. Excuse me, tomorrow they're going to. Um, yeah, days and nights. Do. Yeah, I heard that yawn. Days and nights have a way of running together in there. Tell me about it. Tomorrow we're going to get underway with the heavy-duty uh, physical therapy uh, because do, do you know the entire story of what happened? Well, no, I don't. I know only as much as I was uh, – um, well, uh, Steve from Georgistan I, I, messaged me and said, you know, here's what here's what Scott wants people to know. Yeah, okay. Well, basically what happened was um, last uh, Tuesday night going into Wednesday, you may as well. Yeah, right, yeah. The, the, I uh, fell down. It's the, okay. It seems to be the string in my leg. Is, well, it's, it's, yes, it's broken. It's broken, that. Jack. At one point on the floor, you know, I did think about that very line. And uh, How could you not? So anyway, I know. It's the way I'm wired. But anyway, that uh, the, basically down went Frazier and me on top of him. And uh, so I the foolishly, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm, I'm just a little trouble with my voice. I foolishly did not have myself attended to sooner. But, for you know, denial is a big thing with me. But finally, I listened to the good wisdom of my older brother, and we got me here. And um, a lot of, actually, I didn't know this until later, but a lot of serious damage could have occurred um, from, from, from waiting. And nothing that I would ever have anticipated having to do with the breakdown of uh, 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 elements or chemicals or whatever in your, in your system, your kidneys and stuff, that could have very well have messed me up bad. I mean, the ultimate bad. So I'm very, very thankful that my I've already had. So your 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 enzymes were out of whack. Oh, it was, it was any number of things, but every, all my numbers look good according to the doctors, and um, I am a little more mobile each day. I have my little walker. Um, it's it's not the big uh, grown up edition. It's the junior walker that I use to uh, hobble around here. Come on, give me a little. A little credit for that. Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, all right. I just didn't want to interrupt. See, at that point, I was waiting for that sax riff uh, from, uh, what was that song that he did? Can you tell I'm a little medicated? It's okay so far. You're not. I mean, how can You're not. You haven't. You, listen, you haven't even gotten to the part <laughs> where you're going, oh, my God, and purple. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, so anyway, it, it has been an interesting experience. I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning that uh, even though I'm relatively young, uh, things could definitely go wrong in a hurry. And uh, I, it, in a sense, though, when, even though what I said about traditional hospitals is still pretty valid, an observation, um, I, I, I actually give credit to the to the you know, the medical system in this country, even with its flaws, because uh, I, I know I'm being taken care of. 
And I know that Medicare, in my case, and Medicaid, in my case, is going to carry most of the freight, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, all of it was easily avoidable, you know, in terms of the waiting part to, to get help and seek help and, and get focused on the reality of things. But then again, who's to say, that, I mean, I know I didn't hit my head or anything, but who's to say that, you know, human nature kicked in and instead of being mostly focused on preservation, my uh, my uh, my attention was focused on denial or minimizing, you know. But I, I want to just say to you and the rest of the Warren uh, folks that I am very grateful that you have taken an active interest <clears throat> in um, my carcass and what happens to it, and uh, that means very much to me more than you can know. So. Now, now, since I haven't been able to listen the last few, uh, you know, since all this happened, I'm sure there have been snide remarks. I tried to, Steve called last night, Steve and uh, George is dead, and I tried to pump him for details, but he, mum was the word, he wouldn't fess up. You know, I'm aware of, I'm aware of no negatives. I'm aware of a lot of people being worried about you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I do. I, I honestly do. I mean, so over, I mean, you know, when when last we spoke, and that was Friday, uh, you were talking about basically you were you were setting yourself up for they're coming to take me away. Ha ha, they're coming to take me away. Yeah. They came and took you away on Saturday? Yeah, early Saturday morning, about 8.30. Put on my, uh, hiked up my sup hose and off I went. So... Yeah, it, uh, and they didn't, I didn't rate, apparently I was not so critical that I rated lights. Maybe they were done running the lights, but they were not running the siren. And I'm going to run a, a I'm going to send a strongly worded letter to the ambulance company and say, look, you know, how often do I get to the point where I need to be in one of these? Turn on a flipping siren, won't you? I mean, just, even if the two guys up in the Annoy the neighborhood, for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, you, you want the full Monty, as it were. Not Monty Monty, but you know. I don't know. Uh, I'm um, amazed at the food. Good. Both of these places. Better than one would expect. I had a chicken enchilada this afternoon where it would, would make you weep. With, with fried rice, not fried rice, but uh, re, refried. Yeah, yeah, you said it, you said it. Spanish rice and wheat. <laughs> well, the the warning label on the medicine said that some of that may happen from time to time. But uh, anyway, yeah, with refried beans and uh, Spanish rice and um, what was for dessert? Oh, what is flan or flan? Um, is do that you, like a, well, do you, okay, so do you... With, with graham cracker stuff in it? Mm-mm, no, no, no. Um, do you know what creme, do you know do you know do you know what creme brulee is? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Uh, basically, it's 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 a custard where they they uh, fire or caramelize the sugar syrup on top, and it's beautiful and it's light and. <sighs> well, this this was like a gelatin based thing, which seemed like it had finely powdered uh, graham. I'll have to ask the, the dietitian when she comes back, because it was yummy. 
whatever the hell it was, I gobbled that right up. Well, you know what? That may have been Jello based uh, because there was a back in the '60s or maybe the '50s. Uh, Jello came with the, came up with this idea of a Jello cheesecake, and it was cream cheese and Jello lemon Jello, and it was and, and a graham cracker crust, and it was really good. You may have had something uh, something close to that. Yeah, it wasn't exactly cheesecakey, but I could tell there was a gelatin uh, base to it. Uh, I'm sure the listeners now are just the sound of knobs turning to another station is deafening. But, you know, this is free radio. What do you want? See, this is all the more reason. See, if somebody sends in 100 bucks over the course of the next 28 minutes, I'll go away. I mean, I won't die or anything, but I'll I'll stop. Talking. I don't think anybody's going to send shut make make Scott shut up. No. <laughs> um, by the way, shot. Christopher in Oregon said, uh, Scott, our San Diego shuffler, thinking of you, my brother. Glad you caught whatever's going on in time. Sounds like a lot of physical therapy work ahead. We're all right there with you. Bless you, Chris. But I mean, did they did they did they did they uh, did they subject you to the machine that goes ping? Oh, both of them. Yes. On the on the first time I was in a big machine, it was the uh, the CAT scan, and the other the next day it was the MRI, and the MRI was to see uh, if anything was going on inside my head, which they found that nothing had changed, but the uh, CT thing had to do with uh, with the uh, spine, I think, and uh, because th- this is the crux of the problem, there's apparently Two nerves, which I mean, two, two discs or something down there, L four or L three or L something. So do we do we do we need to give a, a small cowbell and a bit of a golf clap to Tom and Sonny San Rafael for potentially diagnosing you? What did he what did what did what did he say? I... Uh, a, a horrible bout of sciatica that eventually. Um, um, indicated some ruined back um, mechanics. Yeah, not exactly ruined. Just out of out of yes, do the cowbell. Just out of alignment enough to cause me to go down like a sack of gold medal flour. You know. But you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you got some PT ahead of you. But well, you know, I'm the little I'm the little glass half full girl. Sometimes, when I'm not a little ray of sunshine. So you get you some PT, and you'll be uh, you'll be dancing. You know, you you know the drill. You know, doctor oh, yeah. doctor will I, will will I be able to dance lombata after this? <laughs> I don't see why not. Well, I never could before. Well, there you go. There you uh, go. But. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Ron and Raleigh uh, has something for you. Uh oh. A little late for Scott, but still. Junior Walker in the All Stars shotgun. <laughs> Inside the chest of that man is the beats the heart of a Nabit engineer, right on top of it. And Perfect, to go. yeah. <laughs> and you know, Ron, Ron does requests. 
Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, who, what were you? What were you saying about somebody taking requests, Casey? Because I was drifting in and out there toward the end of the of, of the Babathon. They they didn't get down on the phone, did they? No, no, that was a different Casey. No, this somebody this was no this this was this was a Casey in Beaumont, Texas, who wanted to kill the other maggot, and has since been has since been arrested by the federal authorities. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. But I mean, it's it's interesting. It's it's always interesting when the maggots turn on one another. I didn't steal the election. You stole the election. No, I didn't steal no election. <laughs> Joe Biden stole the election, and Barack Obama's a Nazi, and so's Nancy Pelosi. Oh, Mr. Casey, you're going to have to up your game, honey. Uh, listen, I, I, if you don't mind. Um, no, I don't mind. I'd like to do something here because our dear friend Paul from Parts Unknown has been trying to get in for a while. Okay. And Paul has a uh, Paul's on break and only has a short period of time. I'm going to keep you on the line, but I'm going to bring okay. Paul on and see what's going on because I, you know, we get we we get a lot of information from Paul in ter- in terms of trying to stay safe. Uh, Paul, are you there? Uh, yes, Robin. Can you hear me? Okay. You're great. Uh, excellent. Uh, hi, Scott. Uh, hope you get better. I know it's not a lot of fun recuperating. I know, but it's working. So, yeah, I – oh, good. So uh, I've been out for a bit, and a lot has happened. Uh, I don't have long, so I'm just going to sum up real quick. Uh, At the end of October, uh, my wife and I took a very nice trip to New Orleans. Uh, Never been to the city before. We went to the Halloween parade, and it was a good old time, and we were – very careful and masculine all the time, but we went with a big group of friends and, uh, well, you know, nine of us. And, uh, one of the, uh, we were unmasked around each other a lot because we all were being careful and vaccinated. And one of our number tested positive for COVID when they got home. And, oh, no. uh, I got COVID. I got it. I tried. I poked my head out to have a good time. And cause I, cause I wasn't going to cancel a third trip. <laughs> this would be the third trip we had to cancel for whatever reason because it was too bad or whatever. So I stuck my head out and got caught. My wife and I both got COVID and we were able to keep it away from Claire and everyone else. So we were able, no one else got sick from us. We were able to lock it down. Uh, no real, we both got the updated booster and we're post two weeks booster before the trip, just in case we caught it. And we did. Um, no, nothing super bad, no serious, uh, side effects. And the only long COVID I can really have is that I am just cold all the time. I have a hard time staying warm. It's getting better now in December, but through pretty much the month of November, I was, uh, t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, long sleeve coat, lab coat on at work with a hat, like a stocking cap. To keep my keep to keep me warm, and all that on me in a room temperature room. I was just a little cold still. Wow, <laughs> so that's been a long term effect. Yeah, it's way better now, but I'm still colder than normal. But it's getting better by the week. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, uh, I want to do a shout out back to Bill Bull Rick. I know it's been a while, but uh, to back at him, you're my hero for being a parent to an autistic child. I understand the patience and the mostly just patience <laughs> one has to go through to help them through their tougher times. So thank you very much. 
and my uh, my autistic friend um, who was having his first kid had her in this last November over Thanksgiving. Um, uh, he was very happy to be having a girl because he was his brother. His little brother was nonverbal autistic, and so he didn't want to go through that again. And fate dealt him a harsh card, much like your granddaughter, Robin. And she was born with the RSV and was on a ventilator for a week. Oh, Lord. She's now doing fine and doing okay, and she's a happy baby. But that's but terrifying. Was, you know, there were, oh, he was, he, he, he was like, he just was like, I, I, I shouldn't celebrate it. I pissed off the universe. Uh, so... Uh, but everything's fine there. Uh, what's going on? So, yeah, and work's been busy, and life's been busy, and I've just been going at a nonstop pace. And I'm sorry I haven't been able to check in as much as I can. They've been moving me to a more senior position in the lab. You know, no real power, no real raise, no real promotion. Just here's more complicated stuff for you to yeah, do. Yeah, just thing. more crap. So, I've been... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been working harder at the lab. It's been harder to take a break at, 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 at precise times and constantly doing paperwork and checking stuff out. So it's just a lot of shifts and changes. And so been dealing with that. And then the standard holiday stuff, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, still kind of no Pullman's this year. Still dealing with the water crisis in California <laughs> with all the almond trees. And right. um, and all the diseases are uh, are coming at us in the winter. Uh, I Even though I've had COVID and I'm vaccinated, I mask at work. I know I talked about maybe letting up the mask if it was looking good in mid-November. Nope, and I'm not even going to let it up in mid-January. I'm going to stay locked down. I'd like to think that we're going to have a nice winter with no problems, but... I'm not liking the initial warning signs I'm seeing in Oregon and a couple of other states that are starting to build up. And uh, keep your masks on and just keep going, doing what you're doing and try to keep it contained because I, I fear that something's going to get loose, especially what's going on with China. Well, that was my next question, Paul. I don't question, know if it's good, good or bad. I'm just not seeing the signs. Uh, that was my next question, Paul. Do you have a take on, 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 on the trouble China is having? Um, yeah, uh, if, from an epidemiological standpoint, they're 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 unable to sustain their zero COVID policy, which is inhumane. And I mean, the way the way they've done it is inhumane and not good. I'm not a super fan of it, but it did effectively put uh, what is it, 1.2 billion people in China, roughly. Thereabouts. Uh, it kept them out of the mutation lottery. Yeah, it kept them out of the mutation lottery. Now they're back in the mutation lottery. It's another 1.2 billion people in the mutation lottery. The jackpot comes even faster, which is why we're starting to see variants that are immune to the most recent updated vaccine that I got, like like in early October, two months ago. Because it's gonna because it's it's tearing through more people faster, which allows it to mutate faster, which means we we could be seeing a problem. So just I just see storm clouds on the horizon. Lock it down. Hopefully, nothing comes near near where you or you live. But just be careful, because uh, I was I was looking at the numbers, going, "Why isn't anyone talking about this?" All oh, right, we're about to have an election. 
And now we're about to have Christmas shopping. But I feel once all that's passed and the co- companies have their money, they might start talking about uh, how serious this is again. Well, the news I saw that's coming out of opinion. China, the news I saw coming out of China was d- d- deeply disturbing. Uh, I, yeah. And, you know, you always you always take things with a grain of salt when it's coming out of an authoritative state. But the video I saw that purported to be this massive COVID isolation city outside of a city that was basically single cells was a horror. But so yeah. I, I, I want to be clear. Are you are, are you of the opinion that whatever is coming actually is um, not the non non responsive or able to evade the latest uh, you know the latest booster that came out for that was specifically tailored for what we were dealing with. I believe so, but uh, not in China. I saw reports of that coming out of the UK last month that they're starting to see tests, see test positive tests, uh, and then to do the gen- genomic testing and find that it's a different variant and it's not. It, it, it doesn't have the attributes, genetic attributes that the updated vaccine was to, was to block. And the comment is that we're already start pre-winter. We're already starting to see variants that are showing efficiency at getting around the most latest vaccine updates. Because that's like, like I said, I don't, I don't trust this thing. Like I never have. It's very weird and does weird stuff. And and it, I I just. The governments in question err on the side of economics, not on the side of caution. And locking it down and keeping it out of reach and burning it and letting it burn itself out is the most guaranteed way to handle it. It's just a standard health policy, but we just can't. The story, in my opinion, the story hasn't changed. We're two to, as, as a world, we're two to three months from ending this. At any point, we want to do it right. And no one wants to do it. So... We keep rolling the dice. Yeah, because and you've got RSV and a, yeah, because we're spoiled. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah what you were alluding we have, to, yeah, flu, RSV, potentially this coming, and, and COVID. Yeah, and that's a triple whammy. Yeah, I mean, basically the the question is, is if you were living on the Gulf Coast and there were three hurricanes on their way to Florida, would you batten the hatches down? <laughs> They could. I mean, they might miss Florida, but but there's three of them that are in a possible projected path to hit you to hit where you're at. You take precautions, and they talk about evacuations, and it'd be news, but they're not doing it. So well, and, the, and, and there's a, trying to. And there's, sure. a, there's a secondary factor that goes with that, Paul, and that is, uh, so they do the right thing the first time, and they all batten down the hatches, and then the hurricane goes somewhere else. And getting ready yeah. for getting ready for a hurricane is no small effort. You know, they're just putting up the plywood and all well, of that stuff, trying to protect it. So the hurricane goes blowing past, and because we because we are the kind of hairless primates that we are, we go, well, that was a big old waste of time. Dang it, I'm mad. Look at all my time and effort. And a hurricane didn't even come. You know what? Next time I ain't even putting nothing up. And then it well, hits you. I'm going to go with one of my... Yeah, I'm going to go with one of my dad's old sayings, which is, I'd rather be caught overdressed than with my pants down. Precisely, but that is not a, that's not a majority opinion in, 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 in the places where it needs to be a majority opinion. You know, places like Florida, places like Texas, places like Alabama and Mississippi, you know, the Confederacy. Our problems haven't changed. 
I don't have, well, we as the community don't have the power to lock stuff down and to make it happen. All you can do is protect yourself and your family. And if you get sick, you know, or get exposed, lock yourself down, stay away from your friends and make sure you don't pass it on, which is what my wife and I were successful in doing. You know, we took the precautions and isolated ourselves and didn't go out. You know, we knew we were exposed and then we just stayed home a couple of days, didn't talk to anybody face to face. Uh, sent Claire to her bio dads for safety and locked it down, and we didn't get anyone else sick. That's kind of all you can do on a personal level. Protect yourself. Do what you can. If you if it gets to you, keep it to yourself. Don't share it. And say that, get back and, and have all the updated vaccines. That's all we can do at, at this time. So we know that you, and, you know, but, no particulars or anything, but we know that you work in a facility that manufactures the components for testing and stuff like that. Where is testing in the country right now? Do you have any 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 sense of that, Paul? Um, not at the moment. Uh, things are weird right now at work. Um, they're uh, I I don't know what they're trying to do. Uh, I don't know if they're expecting twenty twenty three to be really bad, but um, we're. Uh, not working any overtime and not getting any extra help. And the demand for work orders are going through the roof. Uh, if, if it was a normal time and the situation was looking like it was, we'd be working mandatory overtime trying to get this back order down and get this backlog down. But we seem to be holding on to it um, so that we can make sure there's work for 2023, I assume. We don't know what the demand is. It feels like they're prepping for the economy to take a hit, and they don't want to fill their warehouses with a lot of goods that won't sell. So they're they're just being very cautious, and that includes the test kits that we're making. So I don't uh, the components we're making. So I don't know what's going on, and I know that they're just waiting. I know that if we do ramp up testing and and uh, on a federal level, that we're going to the company will be happy. We'll have business and we'll make the stuff. But right now, they're just being very conservative. So it's hard to tell if we need to make more test kits and are just sitting on our hands for a little bit and letting the supply wean down until we get a nod from the government. Because if there's back to there's no point in each of those components we we ship out. It typically makes a hundred thousand test kits, and there's no point in making a hundred thousand test kits for them to sit in the shelf if they're not being used. Do they, have, do, they have, do they have a shelf life? Um, yes, they do, but they're uh, like a year, I'd imagine, at least. Um, so, at least the components we make. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the entire test kit, but the components we make last at least a year. Uh, the dye, which is freeze-dried and sort of in a powder and kept sealed, a special tube that'll last two to three years. Well, you're not, yeah, you mean, know, you're not screaming, I, for I the, you're, you're not screaming for the rooftops or anything, but there's, there, there, there are little, little things that you sort of hint at, Paul, that make me think that this could get bad quickly. Am I wrong? Yes. It, I'm not rooting no, it, for it, it mind you. One of those, no. One of those three could hit us hard, or he is hitting us hard in Oregon right now, 
Oregon hospitals are full, not just with COVID, but with RSV and uh, elderly people that have caught this uh, this uh, more severe flu that's going around. It's hitting them hard. So there, it's not just one thing that's overloading the Oregon hospitals and starting to overload some of the more rural Washington state hospitals out in the Northwest. Um, it's, it's, it's getting all three. You've got COVID patients, you've got babies with RSV, and you've, and you've got older patients with massive flu symptoms all taking up beds at the same time. And so not one of them has to get out of control. If all three of them moderately get out of control, then that's enough to overwhelm our hospital systems. And uh, it puts our health care staff exposed to three different diseases, which means they can get sick and have to quarantine themselves three times instead of once uh, when, when dealing with close contact patients if they get infected, which puts a drain even more on the system. Inclu- and there are uh, the, the medical staff is low. It's still on burnout uh, because people just keep running them ragged. Because uh, because it's like oh, if I get sick, I'll just go to the hospital and have them fix it. So I'm not telling people to run for the hills. I'm just saying that the the situation is ripe for not be, for it not being good, and the authorities that be will tell you you're in trouble two weeks after it's too late, two weeks after you've been exposed, two weeks after it's obvious to everybody. Uh, they're already public health policies in Oregon advising people to mask indoors at all times over the course of this winter. It's not official policy yet, but they're they're advocating it. So not run for the hills, but get get ready, pack your bags, get a go get do, do the equivalent of building a go bag in the sense of yeah, bug it out bag. order your masks. Yeah, order your masks, order your cleaners, order your toilet paper, order those things that you go through to protect yourself. If you can afford it, order it a little bit higher quantity so that it can get you through a month or so. So once everyone goes, oh, crap, we need masks and buys them all at once, you're not sitting out. You're not in that competition and possibly not getting what you need. Let me um, ask a so question. Let me ask, your, up. let me ask a question then. And this is more of a matter of your opinion of kind of the American people. Do you, you, do you think the American people are going to be sharp enough to actually reach a point where, if necessary, they're going to go, ah, we better put the mask back on. Um, only when it becomes too, too grievous, in my opinion. Basically, when you said, I didn't want to get too dark, but when you said, you know, the majority opinion isn't, isn't with me in Florida and Alabama and stuff, well, this, this is a situation where the majority opinion could become the minority opinion real fast, just due to death. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It could be very mild. We could all have a very mild stuff. Just prepare yourselves, stock up, and wait. But definitely use caution. I still wouldn't go to big gatherings of more than 10 people over the holidays. Keep it small. Uh, and if, honestly, I, if you're, I don't want to cause family tension, friction, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, if if our standard rule is that for, for me and a lot of my family members and extended friends is when they have these gatherings, if you are not fully vaccinated, get out. Like you're not invited. Like I'm not seeing you. It's not worth the risk. So if you have a member in your family, that's basically a non-vaxxer and like, I'm not doing it. You can't make me. Then they're not invited. We have a, 
that leads that leads me to another question you know you, you you've talked about the apparent resistance of the current booster but again that's not a reason not to get the booster because it's correct it is not the only variant still floating around out there and so you you will, you will have some degree of protection one way or another with the booster It doesn't. It doesn't hurt you. It only helps your chances. And there's no guarantee. There's no 100. percent There's no safety. You, we are all on a gambling table, and do what you do to to improve your odds and minimize your losses. And uh, and you can still get it. You can take all the precautions you can and still get it. I mean, I got some flack from people. Like, oh, you wear the mask all the time. You did this. You wear the mask on the plane. You still got it. I'm like, yeah, it can happen. <laughs> So, and also, you can do everything right and still get sick. That's also just the way it works. Yeah, that, which reminds me, is uh, there there at work? Uh, how how are how are people behaving there now? Uh, masking is still optional. The, the companies made it clear that they're going to follow the state guidelines. So, I mean, like they're, you know. It's just sort of waiting for someone to make a decision. And it's not that it's bad enough, but they're not going to make their own decision. They're going to follow the state guidelines, whatever the state says. And sometimes the state says we're going to follow the guidelines of the private medical health industry, which just says master advisor right now or whatever. No one's willing to plant that flag and take a flack from everyone that doesn't want to wear masks and go back to isolating. No one wants to be out because they're just going to get criticized and hammered for it, no matter who it is, hospital, CDC, federal government, state government, doesn't matter. So no one wants to take the brunt of that force. So they're just waiting it, waiting to see what happens. Because there might be so, some lawful but, gun owner out there who doesn't want to wear it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, let me, let me ask you this. But, uh, well, but more people, yeah. more people, more people on the site are masking up. I'd say that the masks on site that I've seen have gone, I mean, they never really get below 10%. There's those people that always wear them, including me and a couple other people. But I'd say that the number of masks I've seen have doubled the triple on site in the past two weeks. Well, I wanted to share Which a piece. Of, I, wanted, I, wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to share a note you just got from Scary Jerry. Um, Paul, what the fuck? <laughs> I was snuggled in carb and cannabis fuzzy place, scrolling madly, background listening, the weird RSV sci-fi stuff was disturbing, but when he said three hurricanes, I came out of sleep mode and screeched, what now? <laughs> I consider Paul a seer in our merry LOL band, and I almost checked FloridaHurricane.com, laughing. Howdy, parts unknown. Stream no. on Robin. <laughs> what? The danger, of, the danger of the master of analogies hat that I wear. And I really do wish that they would treat these diseases like a natural disaster in terms of, oh, we can see the hurricane coming. You might want to do something and show footage and everything, but they don't. That's not the tax they take. No, no, of course. Well, since since Scott is on the other end of the line here, um, I thought it might be interesting if you could if you could sort of offer any thoughts for someone in, say, oh, a healthcare facility. I'm glad you brought uh, that up, because it's a funny thing. I listened to Paul's wise words in the run-up during the course of this thing, 
and got all my shots, got all my boosters, wore my mask, uh, uh, stayed away from people, out of circulation, things are not normal. And all it takes is an injury that gets you out of the house into a place where obviously they, they take care of, of, of keeping standards high and behaviors uh, sensible in a, in a medical facility. But then you never know who's coming in. Do you get yeah, where I'm I, I just have a couple of minutes left. Oh, yeah, sorry, I just have a couple of minutes left. So I, I can ask these questions, Scott. Do the healthcare professionals that come and check on you, do they wear masks? Definitely, all of them. Good, they're all wearing masks. Do they ever touch you ungloved? No. Scott? No, yeah, so they have no. gloves whenever they touch you. Okay. No. And uh, have you ever seen any of them have any symptoms like coughing or sneezing or anything like that while they're working with you? Um, one lady had the sniffles, but I think it was allergies the other night. Yeah. So those are the things. Those are the things to to look for. Sounds like okay. they're taking really good precautions and keeping you safe. The uh, if they weren't wearing masks, I would be concerned. Like, oh crap, yeah. get out if you can. Um, and keep an eye on the lady that has the sniffles. If it's just allergies, or sorry, the person, the person that has the allergies, um, possible allergies. If they, if they, if, if their symptoms are the same over the course of a couple more days, and you keep seeing them, then it's just allergies. If their symptoms get worse or they disappear because they're out sick, then they were out sick. But yeah. if if there's someone that's really obviously sick behind the mask and everything that's working with you, that's that's the real danger you'd be in. But they okay. sounds like they've been monitored. They monitored it pretty carefully. Well, one of the good things I'm I, I'm, I'm seeing good signs. <laughs> I'm in California, plus I'm in San Diego. And from the get go, uh, people got on board with doing the sensible, correct, responsible thing, up to and including uh, medical facilities. I know there was some news about people barking and being upset that they had to do certain things, but you know you've got to look at the bigger picture, which is everybody needs to be safe and you can have your rights and beliefs, but you know, if it comes, push comes to shove, go sit at home a while while we handle this. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't feel at all uncomfortable, but it's just ironic that I, something as small as a fall and, and, and requiring a, a hospitalization will take you out of your cocoon and put you Maybe within in in harm's way. Yeah. So, so uh, my 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 last. It sounds like you're pretty good, but uh, definitely uh, that is an excuse to hang out for a couple extra days. Uh, do your physical therapy and stay on it and get back home as fast as you can within yeah, reason. Well, that's, that's the goal, and if I don't do it, I know the insurance company will see to it that you know before the end of the week I'm uh, back at home. Looking around, saying, "Boy, this place needs oh. to pick up." Well, and I know you've only got a minute, but you've got a question coming from Lady B, Paul, who says, "Did Paul get a chance to see the Andrea? I'm on so many sedatives, I should fucking retire already." Mitchell interview with Fauci. He says his family's still being <laughs> harassed, and that on reflection, he should have been more assertive or something like that. He's been doing like he's done for decades, but Trump changed that shit. Civility goes out the window when all the other guy wants to do is fling shit like a monkey. Um, 
I think Fauci just keeps doing what you, you, what they're doing. I think that no matter how you act, the people that are working is an excuse. I'm reminded of the Chinese official that took over the international monetary fund about seven years ago, and I was reading an article, and uh, his response to why the IMF hasn't done and won't do more for climate change for small, for other countries loan the money was, well, we would have done more of the scientists had uh, been more forceful about climate change in the 90s and the 2000s. <laughs> and it's like, but you were screaming at us not to panic, like you can't win. So, no, and, so, and, and you know what? Just, uh, you, you just got a note from our dear friend Micah, and she, sa she said, Christ, we hid under our beds for 10 years after 9-11 for some fucking Homeland Security advisories hitting a certain point, and we can't put on a dog damn mask? I, yeah. She's not wrong. So, no, it's a very simple thing. But, I mean, like, it's not the first time. I mean, there were lots of problems with getting guys to put on condoms during the AIDS epidemic in the 80s. So, I mean, at least it's consistent. Anyways, I got to get out and get back to work. But my last thing is is that it's just, it's going to, this, I guess my thing is, is personally, uh, I got exposed to COVID twice before and didn't get sick, but I had to be quarantined from my job. So, my COVID... When I got COVID, um, right after the New Orleans trip, I was supposed to be in the groomsmen party for one of my oldest childhood friend's weddings, and I missed it because I got COVID. And because I got COVID, and because I got exposed to COVID twice and used up a lot of vacation days and sick days, I have none left, and uh, I don't get to spend any. Usually, I take a few days off around Christmas. To spend more time with my family because they're off and, oh, and, and Claire that. is, you know, winter break like kids are. And so I've got no vacation. No, we didn't go to any wedding. <laughs> didn't go to a wedding I really wanted to go to. And I just get to work for the rest of the year. And uh, just my own, uh, just, it makes me sad. But that's just the way it is. That's just, that's just, that's just how the dice fell for me. Uh, I just have to remind myself, still got a roof overhead, still got a job. Still got a family and still got work to do. So thanks for uh, uh, thanks for squeezing me in, Robin. Oh, uh, not a, and, not a problem. Uh, I'm I'm glad you let me know you were there. Yeah. Keep yourself safe. Keep yourself socially distanced. Um, uh, I'm hoping that. This is as bad as it gets, but I'm afraid of some spikes coming over December and January. And this time next month, the main headlines will be, uh, you know, COVID everywhere. Yeah, we're on fire again. Uh, Paul, it sounds like you're breaking up, but my friend, if we don't talk before the before the holiday or holidays, I hope you have a wonderful time, even though you're going to have to work through them. Please give our very best to uh, to your wife and your daughter, and you know we'll all keep our fingers crossed. And I look forward to hearing from you again, my friend. Thanks, Robin. Have a good day. All right, you too. That was our buddy Paul from Parts Unknown. Wow, he, it, Paul it, it, Scott isn't it, Paul just an absolute uh, treasure treasure trove of information every time we hear from him. Well, he's on the he's on the front line of things, and uh, he's the compendium 
he, he obviously reads the bulletins, you know, the, the papers and, and, you know, the white papers and different things. And he knows what the, the bona fide experts are saying. And he knows what good uh, protocol and practices are. And he's wise enough to let us know so that we'll know when we're not doing it right. What more could you want? And, I mean, I, I, I have never not taken Paul's advice. And I've been very fortunate in that regard. I mean, it, and, and I hate the fact that, and I don't think Paul even let down his guard. I mean, it's just, it's, if it happens, it happens. Um, but, you know, what a, what a kick in the shorts that was. But then again, I've got a dear friend, uh, Scott, who works in healthcare, and she has been so careful. And then lo and behold, two weeks ago, she tested positive. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, and it must be frustrating to find yourself in that position after just double-checking and triple-checking your own behavior and attitudes and, 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 you know, keeping up on the good information and all that, and you still get the, the whammy still pops up, you know? But hats off to the professionals, you know, who are doing the good work and the hard work and sometimes the unsung and unappreciated work. And in um, sadly, many, many cases, the totally ignored work. You know, that, that fraction of the uh, population who, you know, their starting point is don't give a, you know, I can't say the word here because people are walking down the halls, but you know what I mean. The ones who don't give a copulate. Right. They have all the good information that could possibly save their lives and that, the lives of those around them. And they don't care enough to do the bare minimum. That's just criminal in my book. Well, you know, Randy Radar just wrote in and said, I was on the fence over the 4-5 Rona shot, but now I'm not. I trusted Fauci. Now he's gone. I will schedule it. I think, I think, it's, the, I think it's the smart thing to do. I really do, Randy. I mean, it, and, and for everybody, Paul couldn't Paul couldn't have said it more clearly than he did. There's no downside. I mean, you have to sort of. Well, there's no sort of to it. Uh, if you go over, and I've mentioned it for months, if not a year now, um, that subreddit called Herman Cain Award. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it, it, they haven't shut that down. It's and there's still, a reason for that because people <laughs> are still winning the award. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I would say that a majority of them are, and you know, Nil Nisi Bonum, uh, and all of that. There are some. There are some people dying from COVID yet who tried not to. But I'm guessing here, but it's got to be north of 90% of the people dying from COVID at this point are, and, and, and this is a deeply technical, medical, psychosocial term, stupid people. Oh, I thought it was uh, IS syndrome, irretrievably stupid syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Titanic intellects being as how it's yeah. Tuesday, not Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, Is it Wednesday? I thought it was Wednesday. Right? No, it's Tuesday. Fuck off. <laughs> God. I'm sorry. See, you know who your friends are, the ones who really pile on when you're, you make just this tiniest little slip 
little error. Yep, duck on a June bug time. One 24-hour segment off, and then here they come. Just You can see the dust cloud coming in the distance to pile on. And I was one of them, and I'm sorry I did that. I should have No, 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 you're, you're fine. On the I, 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 uh, <laughs> I earned it. I really did. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't, for the life of me, understand how. I mean, I've not. I know this sounds a little nuts, but I've known it was Tuesday all day. Well, you talk about uh, uh, poorly done pronouncements in public places. Did I ever tell you about the story of being uh, one of the Sunday masses when I was still a Catholic? Was the folk mass? I think it was at 10 a.m. And I didn't play guitar or banjo or any of that stuff. I was going to ask if tambourines and harmonicas were, and, and, and jaw harps were I, involved. Well, I did do the tambourine, and I did help lead the singing and get the crowd pumped up and stuff. But before before the, uh, before the uh, service began, the mass began, normally the announcements for the things going on in the church would happen after the priest gave the homily or the sermon. But for some reason that morning, I decided I was going to read the announcements before things got underway. And at that time, back we're talking about back in the 60s, there was, there was a group of, of, of dedicated uh, people of, of my former faith that would do what was known as the, the, um, the Adoration Society, the Nocturnal Adoration Society where once a month the host, the main host, would be in this special display case sort of thing, and it would be up on the main altar, and people would sit and say a series of prayers, do the Stations of the Cross, who knows what. And these people were known as the members of the Nocturnal Adoration Society. So here we are in the late 60s. I'm in my early teens. You know where my mind is most of the time. And I swear to you, I get through the first announcement, okay. I get through the second announcement, okay. But I get to that third son of a gun, and I call it the Nocturnal Emission Society. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> In a Catholic church, and the roof stayed up. That's the remarkable thing. Well, I, I, the, my band members, the people behind me who played the instruments, damn near, you know, sprung their their strings, and. A couple of the older people, a few rows back, got. Uh, uh, okay? okay, the lady's going to come clean. But anyway, uh, uh, it, it probably the most embarrassing pronouncement I have ever made in, in a public gathering, and it had to be something of that sort. And people rid me mercilessly after that for for years. I love that. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. And for and, and for the emission and for the emission of sins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they always told me in the Southern Baptist Church. It was emission of sins. Well, they tell you, they see they they, they just get they just go so overboard with uh, restrictions and repression. That's half of the world's problems. I mean, can be chalked up to that. I think. But anyway, yeah. But but getting back to Paul, he he. He, he usually has good information that's based in good research and good science and good study. And anyone who's not at least 
paying a modicum of attention to what he has to say, or, or others like him, really should reevaluate their motives or something. Their grip on reality, if nothing else, they should check and see that that's secure, though we know it's not. So, anyway. Anyway, have, have not, we done anything? No, go ahead. No, 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 you please. Have we done what? No, have we done anything? Has, has, has any of this information and, and dialogue contributed to the uh, uptick in, in funding tonight? Because I hate to think that I'm... No, nah, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're still at 500 and... Sixty dollars, and frankly, I've got a I got a bill that's due this evening that we need to raise at least another. Well, we need to raise at least a hundred and fifty of that, uh, so I can pay it after the show's over. But, uh, if, well, I, uh, I got, but I, I got one for you because you know I, I know okay. you love language as much as I do. I don't know. You you've been rather otherwise engaged. So you might not have run across this, but you know you know how we do you know you know how you, you've been with the program long enough you know why Moran Monday is Moran Monday right? Oh, of course, yeah. There's a there's a great need for it. People well, no, no, no. But I mean, no, because back in the days of 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 um, dim leader, when people were protesting his illegal war against the people of Iraq, the innocent people of Iraq. Yeah. Um, there were anti, you know, there were protests. Well, somewhere in the greater St. Louis area, there was a protest, a counter protest uh, to the peace okay. protest. Right. Okay. And one genius showed up with a star spangled, star spangled do rag on his head <laughs> and a big poster that says, go something like, yay, USA, get a brain Morans. M O R A N S. I've forgotten about that. Okay. Well, that's why we've got get a brain Morans because sometimes when they self-own like that, you just—I mean, God, that was was coming up on twenty years ago. Yeah, but it goes back further, didn't? In the uh, classic Warner's cartoons, didn't Bugs Bunny hold up a sign quite often, Morans or say? No, that was what a maroon. Um, oh, I thought I thought it was Moran. May I, I don't know now. I got to check somebody. Oh. So, uh, somebody in the Hornet Hawk Research Department, get on that, would you? Somebody get Jack Warner on the line. Maybe long distance. Get Don on the line. Where <laughs> yeah. are those pictures I was supposed to see? <laughs> oh God, that never gets old. At, at least it doesn't to you and me. No. Uh, and the, the but we've got another example of that for the 2020s. Okay. Hit me with it. Over at Talking Points Memo, a reporter there by the name of Hunter Walker got the entire tranche of text messages that maggots were sending to, at the time, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows after Julius Geezer lost the November 2020 presidential election. Oh, I'm sure that was quite the collection. Oh, it's for I, the ages. I mean, I've heard a few of the excerpts, but I haven't heard it all, obviously. Well, there's, 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 there, there was Mark, there was Brian Babin, maggot from Texas, uh, who was feeling kind of apocalyptic one day, and he texted Mark Meadows and said, and I guess all those maggots had Mark Meadows's number. I mean, I, that poor man. I mean, to the extent that he can feel sympathy for a maggot, that poor man, just being bombarded by the Louis Asparagus Gomerts and the 
uh, and the Andy Biggses, all day, the the demon dentist of the desert, all day, every day, twenty four seven. You know, you got to put your you got to put your phone to sleep just to get a couple of nights shut or a couple of hours shut eye every night, because otherwise there's you can meet me, meet me, and so uh, Brian Babin of Texas. Uh, like I said, was feeling apocalyptic, and he said, Mark, when we lose Trump, we lose our republic. Fight like hell and find a way. We're with you down here in Texas and refuse to live under a corrupt Marxist dictatorship. Liberty! Babin. Babin. (laughs) And if I was... What the hell does Babin mean? Is he on the beach? Has he got has he got a frozen drink with a straw in it and he's ogling women? Can somebody do something? He's babing? What? Yeah. But that was that was no comparison. Well, just an observation. These communications during that time with such somberness and urgency and, and steadfastness, you know they picture themselves as either Roman generals or uh, Revolutionary War heroes, or, or Oliver or, Wendell Douglas talking about the tender shoots coming, and then the, the fife and drum corps playing in the you background. Read my mind, you read my mind, proves once again we are way too old. Well, when we watch the same stuff, but don't you know that that was the added because they weren't putting themselves on, they weren't really deluding themselves in their minds, which I guess is delusions, but. They were they were right at it. They were at the cutting edge of, of victory and righteousness and, you know, uh, evil uh, conquering good or good conquering evil, whichever they're up to this week. But isn't there a sense of that in a lot of those communications? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, just, just so serious about it when it's all... Well, that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm going, Scott. Because okay, go ahead. remember, when you talk about sedition in the United States, you really can't talk about the history of sedition without immediately bringing up South Carolina Stan. Uh, it, it, Charlie Pierce over at Esquire long ago uh, gave gave the title of home of American sedition to South Carolina Stan, and he's not wrong. You know, long before Fort Sumter. Uh, you had them hollering secession in South Carolina, Stan, over things that weren't even related to the enslavement of other human beings. They just didn't want to be, well, we're not going to be pushed around down here on South Carolina. Yeah, that's okay? what to do. And to the point that yeah. Andrew Jackson said, I'm going to get on my horse, and I'm going to ride till I get to South Carolina. When I get to South Carolina, I'm going to get my rope off, and I'm going to find me the first secessionist I can find. I'm going to hang and then I'm going to move along, I'm going to hang me another secessionist. <laughs> and when I'm done hanging him, I'll hang another. I'm going to hang secessionists down here until there ain't no secessionists left. And all of a sudden, they got real quiet for a while, you know, about 20 years, 30. And then there was, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, there was the sedition that was the uh, Civil War. And so it comes as no surprise to me that, uh, lo and behold, it was a maggot from South Carolina stand by the name of Ralph Norman. Ralph Norman. You know, he's a good Christian, Ralph Norman. 
Good, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah. upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual Christian. And he fired off a text message. I mean, can you? I mean, it's okay. So, talking points memo, and and uh, uh, Hunter Walker got this whole tranche. And I'm just trying to think if you're Hunter Walker, how do you uh, how do you approach that? You know, you've got a thumb drive full of absolutely untrammeled crazy in your hand. It's probably bouncing on your palm like a jumping bean, okay? And you know each and every page of it had stage direction in brackets would be butthurt of long standing, close brackets. <laughs> right. Whatever the message was. And so you're sitting you know? and so you know you've got this tranche in, in your pocket and it's probably going e and maybe you <laughs> and I'm guessing you wander up to like Schneider's Liquors on Massachusetts Avenue in DC and you're just standing there going I got a pocket full of batshit crazy what's going to get me through and first and the first thing you do is it's like no this ain't going to be no pint business and then you're like, I don't think a fifth's going to do it. I don't think a leader's going And then you're over there at the 1.75s going, Scotch? And, hey, look, they got straws here, too. And then, you know, and, and eventually, I mean, maggot text messages are far too recherche for, I don't know, uh, Armagnac or cognac or, or or even highfalutin brandy or Scott. No, nope, no, nope, you know exactly. You're e- you're either over there by the Victory Gin or you're in the tequila aisle. I mean, let's oh, face it. You're at the third shift bar setting outside a steel mill in Pittsburgh. I mean, with that rot gut stuff. These are serious drinking people who are sending this out to the world. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you're Hunter Walker, you, you you send a message to Josh, dear Josh Marshall, who runs Talking Points. Dear Josh, knew this was a one-way trip. You know, like from the abyss. And and you get your one point seven five of Peppy fucking Lopez. <laughs> And you go home and you fire up your beater computer because it's going to be ruined, and you pop the and, and you pop the the, the 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 thumb drive in. <laughs> oh, here we go! <laughs> and you unscrew you unscrew the cap from the one point seven five of Pepe Lopez, and you throw it over your shoulder, and you say, "Well, we're not going to need that again." Yeah. Oh, and then man. you start to read. <laughs> Yeah. And it becomes, I mean, it becomes worse than trying to play high bob where you have to drink every time somebody says high bob. And, and, and you know, do, do they honestly, some of them come to the point where they say, you're not paying me enough to do this. You yeah, know? right. And so, <laughs> and so you get, you get, you get through Brian Babin, Liberty Babin, and you get to Ralph Norman. And, you, and, you know. I th- I don't know. You need the bo- you need a bottle of tequila with a handle on it. You don't want to just grab these by the neck after a while. 
and you because you've taken out the plastic thing, the pour spout in the top. Yeah, I don't oh, yeah. need that either. Well, you've got it slung like I used to call it jug style, right? Just uh, on the, the shoulder, honey. In the in the crook of the uh, elbow, the inner, uh, you know, you're ready to go. I mean, there's just no turning back. It's and so you get to <laughs> Ralph Norman, and then you know it's over. Because remember, this is a back reference to get a brain Morans, Mark. In seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the Dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation, we are at a point of no return in saving our republic, space, exclamation point, exclamation point, close. I never heard of putting a space between exclamation points, but, you know, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a grammar, syntax, punctuation, ugly little nerd. But we, we, and remember the Dominion lawsuits to which Ralph Nauman is referring are these entirely spurious, meritless, frivolous wastes of paper and electrons that were filed by people like the Kraken lawyer. Is that Sydney? Yes, Sydney. Squid. <laughs> I mean, to the extent that she's the Kraken lawyer, she's more like Squidney. But that you know, will yeah. accept, the judges will accept Sydney. And well, she's got her own delusion going on. Did, with yeah. Footnotes and all. <laughs> Circles and errors you know? and a paragraph on the back of the <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's the Dominion lawsuits to which Ralph here is 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 referring. And seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the Dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation, we are at a point of no return in saving our capital all republic. And, but he wasn't done. Then he found the caps lock and he wrote, Our last hope, all caps, is invoking martial law, all caps again. Please urge to president to do so. This is the point where I mentioned that an actual sitting member of the Congress of the United States spelled martial law as if instead of after oh, yeah. instead of after mar, uh, instead of law coming after martial it would be Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. M A R S H A L L law y'all. Martial law. And send Marshall Dylan for backup. That's right, and Chester, you live on over here and get something done. <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Anyway. He uh -oh, was the limping part. <laughs> now the monkey with the visor has a pig leg. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Chester, you just limp on. <laughs> and go fetch Dr. Stone. Oh, God. And Miss Kitty. <laughs> I'm ruined. I'm ruined. Uh, <laughs> you, you better be careful or they're going to send, they're gonna send somebody uh, into your room to just make sure you... Yeah, I know, you can laugh like that. You just limp back home, Scott. <laughs> Yeah, and every now and then somebody will walk by and glance in, you know, trying not to be noticed. 
thing. What the hell's going on in there? I'm on a radio show, damn it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Come oh, on in man. here. She'll want to talk to you, too. She'll talk yeah. to anybody. <laughs> she starved for attention that way. Oh, Jesus. Well, things are about to get better, I have a feeling. Let's uh, uh, let's go over to the stress line and see what's it. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello. Well, somebody was there, and then they weren't. Perhaps incapacitated. I mean, I almost fell off the bed. And this is a professional hospital bed. Oh. And, 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 but it, you know, that was the thing, you know, poor, poor, poor Hunter Walker had so many emails to go. At some point in time, he probably read, uh, Jin uh, Surrectionist Thomas's emails. But he did run across one from, uh, representing Mike Kelly up in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Bamistan. Well, let me know if there's anything I can do to fight these MFers in PA. Our president is heroic. Thank you, thank you for all you've done. And please let the president know just how much he's loved and appreciated in pencil. Sincerely, Mike Carey. <laughs> he kind of rushed through that as if <laughs> the store was going to be closing soon and there were only two bottles left sitting up there in the display case. But like, okay, like I said, I think things are about to get better. I just have a sneaky suspicion based on an email I just got. Uh, we got that, that Lady B, are you there? Help. You know what, Robin? With you and Scott, I'm going to put the band back together. <laughs> putting the band back together? <laughs> We're putting the band back together. Since I'm black, I'll play the bass. I don't know what you guys <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Wait, is that a union rule I missed? Oh yeah, black chick plays the bass. <laughs> the sound part did a whole episode on that about how black people always play the bass. But never mind. Don't worry about it. How are you two? You just having so much fun. We probably shouldn't be allowed to do this, Lady P. Whatever happened to save your relatability for your friends? Well, in my case, it's scaring the women in good medicine. It's good medicine, and, <laughs> and I'm feeling better than I was when I first called. So, cheers to Robin and to to me and to you and to everybody who's contributing to this thing. Because did they say it was sciatica? What did they say? Uh, well, it was basically yeah. uh, basically a uh, what do you call it? A uh, one of the Two of the discs decided to break ugly and uh, gang up on a couple of nerves, uh, you know, that have to do with that part of the body. Wow. So it was kind of like a shifting of the Titanic plate, maybe? Well, now, in the lumbar spine, it, yes. Yeah, I guess in that regard, you could call it that. I, you know, I just... Um, all I know is I went down. I, I'm not. I felt like I was one of the twin towers going down, just like in a straight. Building line. six did not destroy itself. <laughs> That's right. Steel beams do not melt. Okay? Yeah, I know. 
I know so, but I'm just trying to do an illustration <laughs> for radio. That's unique. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's MRAM. Doesn't make any difference. They're charts and graphs. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to give you a visual demonstration on the radio. You can yeah. okay. This is something about, uh, this is something we have described, visuals to talk about on the radio for a long time on this program as dance, <laughs> dancing about architecture. <laughs> I'm <not expensive. laughs> okay, you got me on that one, Robert. No, I just was calling in. I was going to call in right quick. Um, I nah, Nothing about the car yet. I haven't heard anything. I, I did hear from at AAA. Um, they did. They said it wasn't their fault um, because they would never do that. And as a consolation prize, she offered me $300 towards the rental of the car. And I said, cool, can I get all this in writing? And she said, that would be legal. And um, I'd have to contact legal, but I don't think they're going to let me do it. They are going to send me the check. But in terms of what happened, she was basically saying that, that um, it's not their fault. Um, because of a couple of key things that I told them about how the other the mechanic that from the beginning had jumped the car twice. And she's like, we would never do that. Um, especially when we've been told it's the alternator. So, anyway, you guys get so quiet. I'm sorry. I'm, no, we're listening. In my, I'm just saying. I'm, you know, I'm used to things. I'm used to ringing in my ears, so I gotta hear. Um, but so anyway, but I'll get back to that when I when I get more news for you. But um, when you had Paul from Parts Unknown on, real quick, depressing, and then we'll get back to lighter news. Um. It's not a big deal, but I know a guy at my other building, and that's the water treatment plant over there. It's not the sewer side. It's the side where the clean product comes out. And uh, he's about 38, and he knows every goddamn thing. I mean, the other day, he was trying to convince me that Nixon was a good guy. And I know that must make your head explode, Scott. He said Nixon had some good things about him. So I know he reads, you know, right-wing talking points. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear. We're still friends. Evidence: Nixon was a good guy. <laughs> yeah, well, he was saying, well, Nixon did start the EPA, and yeah, in '55, Nixon was one of the first supporters of the Civil Rights Act, and all this yeah. other stuff he was saying. But you know, that's like saying Hitler like dogs. And no, okay, <laughs> Hitler referenced dogs. Yeah, but uh, you know, that's like Nixon wouldn't have been threatened with impeachment if he hadn't done something bad. But like I said, this young man thinks he knows everything. I was alive, but obviously I couldn't vote. And he wasn't even alive. So I know he got this information from somebody else. Um, but long story short, we, you know, we're, we're friends. He's a sweetheart. They're over there by themselves. They pull 712s. And the nighttime one is the hardest one. So when the cleaning lady comes in, we have conversations. And, uh, hey, Tom, what's going on? <laughs> oh, that's a security guard guy, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, they, uh, he said that, um, oh, no, yeah, yeah, about the guy we were talking to, he told me his baby girl, who is a year and four months old, um, got RSV. And uh, oh, they no. took her to the hospital. She was able to come home okay. Uh, the thing was, though, she got it from her grandmother. 
And her grandmother got it from her other granddaughter who bought it home from school or whatever. The baby's recovering. Um, the gentleman over there, um, he is actually, he, he had it, he had it all week. And when I came in, all last week, and when I came in, uh, well, he works from like Wednesday to Wednesday. When I came in yesterday, there was another guy in there. And uh, he was saying that his mother, he was a heavy smoker and he's 57 and has got all kinds of health problems. He's in the hospital. Now, I am not a doctor, but um, my twin's a nurse. There's some things I know about this. Because I know if you're, you're sat, your O2 or your, you know, your oxygen levels are um, at 88. I think my twin said that's when they want to put you on oxygen. Um, he said that his mother's uh, saturation O2 or whatever reading was 55. And I'm like, my God, dude, that's ventilated. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm thinking that that's what she's on. That's ventilated. And it's sad because he is young. Um, his parents divorced when he was 18, so he was grown. But it was still very hard on him. Some guys losing their dad that just screws up their whole world. And he is definitely an example of that. Um, so it's not just COVID that everybody needs to be freaked out about. The flu and RSV are pretty prevalent too. And if you have a grandkid or you're around youngsters, it's pretty easy to get it. And that's what happened. Super, no, super easy. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Junie wasn't around anybody but her parents and us and, and, you know, her, her, her little big sis and, Shit's, mm-hmm. perni- that shit's pernicious. And the thing is, the thing that has to be borne in mind about RSV, Lady B, is that it stays on surfaces um, perniciously. Um, mm. it, 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 unless it is it, it wiped, you know, unless you're anti, antibacterially, antivirally wiping shit down like a, you know, like a, like a woman possessed... It's almost impossible to keep out of your home. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, and that, that makes it even worse than, because it's been around a while, and I think people kind of just blow it off, you know? Yeah, but... They don't it, really... But you know, in any it's time... Like chicken Yeah, know? any time... Any Remember t- back in the day? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, uh, the former governor of, of uh, Kentucky, back before there was a vaccine... Or actually, maybe a, no, maybe after there was a vaccine for chickenpox, sent his children to a chickenpox party. Parents used to do that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, let them go over there and rub on the chickenpox, kid, and we'll just get this all out of the way right now. And here's the thing that a lot of people fail to appreciate, unless they're over a certain age. Some kids actually died of that shit. You know, yeah. it wasn't as possible as people want to think it is. That's why they tried to come up with a vaccine. Because aside from having a few ugly pimples on your face, and some people were scarred. I'm not even talking about smallpox. I'm talking about some people suffer scars from I still have um, I still have a couple of scars on my face from chicken pox. I had it in second grade. Yeah. And well, Ferg Ferg so, Ferg had it when he was maybe two months old. And Annette got it too. 
And if you get adult onset chicken pox, you are going to be a very That's, sick human being. Isn't and it, it shingles? Be, or does it? Well, it's the same virus. What happens is after you've had chicken pox, the virus never goes away. To use con- computer terminology, it terminates and stays resident in the spinal cord fluid. If this was video, you would see me running my finger up and down my spine, uh, my spine right now. And because it's uh-huh. in your spine, uh, for reasons not fully understood, sometimes it breaks out and it forms shingles. And they tend to happen somewhere around the waist or you know, and they can lead to long-term permanent neuropathy. Um, my father, my father had it uh, in the 90s. And, uh, and, and, and because he was diabetic, the pain never, ever left. So it's, it, you know, getting, getting one shingles vaccine, even if one has had chicken pox, uh, is wise. Especially, I guess, I got you know, what, north of 50. Ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, got my shot three years ago. Yeah, Matt and Sam. And it lasts for 10 years. Matt in San Francisco just got his today, and I, you know because because of me screwing up the beginning of the program, he thought he was one day into his recovery for a few minutes there because I thought it was Wednesday. Oh man, yeah. Like I said, that's some Scott Bakula shit right there. You just no who, who played in Quantum Leap? I can't. Yeah, that was Scott Bakula. Um, the new one's pretty good too. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what gives with only? I mean, did they didn't even have a proper cliffhanger? Uh, but there were only eight episodes. When is it coming back? I want it back. I like. That's what I'm saying. If they didn't have like a proper ben cliffhanger. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good actor. I mean, I think at first, because I was looking at some online forums, why would they choose an Asian guy to. Because he's a good actor? <laughs> because he's God. believable. You know, the expressions, the disbelief, it's just wonderful. It's glorious to watch. He's, you know, he's flummoxed by it all. Um, but, um, yeah, so anyway, um, so his mother is in the hospital now and he is off work, obviously. Um, and the the thing is they don't have anybody to watch the baby now because the mother was like the primary babysitter. So there you go. If you want young kids to have kids, provide fucking health, uh, provide, um, daycare, inexpensive daycare so that grandmas don't get ill, you know? Um, but I wish her well. Yes, she managed to avoid COVID, but now she's got um, RSV. And uh, I don't know what to say. I, 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 But I wanted to give y'all a heads up on that. So other than that, what is up you too? Uh, well, if you heard the last few minutes of the program, you knew, you knew that it was going south in a hurry, right? Yeah. <laughs> You guys making bonanza or gun smoke references? Huh? Uh, th- those were uh, those were gun smoke references. <laughs> Chester, you limp on over there too. Yes, sir, Marshall Dillon. <laughs> My grandma would watch her some gun smoke. Oh Lord, she had a yes. Black with foil on the rabbit ears, and my God, she loved her gun smoke. And she also had a pearl handled gun. And she had a pearl-handled pocket knife. And that was what she'd give us to go cut the French. And it better be young and green. So, that's yeah. <laughs> our whole life there. I think I told you that story. Oh, yes. But anyway, 
Oh, no, both, both, both of my grandmothers, they were not going to miss Gunsmoke, and they were not going to miss Bonanza. Mm-hmm. There you go. That was essential TV watch. And I got to confess, as a kid, you know, you're rolling your eyes, because there's so many other Okay, things. thank you. I was about to say the same thing. I, I remember being a kid and going, what is this? <laughs> But when you're looking at MeTV and all those weird channels, sometimes it is comforting. Um, you know, it can be very comforting. Like, I, I love Have Gun, Will Travel. I love that. Oh, I God, that's a great oh, show. Yeah, yeah and, and, the, and the the theme, oh, the theme uh, song, Get Out of Town. Oh, the card of a man. Oh, God, it's wonderful. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. Um, and it's pre you, but there was a there was an entire monologue years ago. A Philip back then, a Philip Bobster. Uh, I had to go to the doctor's mm-hmm. office, and uh, I forget what I was having checked out. It was a surgeon's office, and I was sitting in the waiting room, waiting, and Me TV was on, as one does, as one yeah. does. and Me TV was on. And it was a positively scintillating episode of dot dot dot. She said, "The Rifleman." Wow! And, wow! And, okay. And I was totally sucked in. They're like, "Robin, Robin." I'm like, "Be there in a minute. Tell him to come on out here. We can talk about my case while we're watching The Rifleman." <laughs> no, but I tell you what, and, and Scott, you may not be able to relate, and Robin, maybe you do, but I'm going back at that shit. There was something real sexy about Chuck Connor being able to fucking, you know, rack that rifle around, you know. Yeah, and former, former first baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Wow. Yeah, he was quite wow. the athlete. Yeah. Hey, I have to interrupt for just a second. Because we're down to $560 to go, and i got two challenges on the table. One from uh, uh, Ralph's celebrating the, uh, uh, the, the tanking of Tesla stock prices. Thank you, Ralph's. And there is $15 to go on that. And uh, just a little bit ago, we got a fresh challenge from an anonymous friend who said, if somebody will kick in 75 bucks, I got 75 bucks. Um. If the bill is serious as they just say, it gets serious about this. I am serious. I just absolutely hate to just hammer fundraising on this program constantly. But we've got about 25 minutes left. And if we can raise 90 bucks, that will turn into uh, almost double that. And I'll get this incredibly terrifying bill. You know, we're just in the terrifying bill portion of the month. Um, so, uh, 75 plus 15, that's 90 bucks. And hopefully someone somewhere will respond. And it would be awesome if it wasn't someone who is constantly responding. We need, we, 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 we need new folks. And, and, and I know, you know, this lady B, you know, this Scott, a few people carry all the weight on this program. And I thank them every thank evening. I thank them every evening. And at the end of every month, our, our Patreon subscribers. And so we, we need to, hmm, uh, if, you, if you can and you haven't, please feel free to jump in and help out raising that 90 bucks. And that means that there will, well, 
at least one disaster uh, will have been averted. Um, and that'll, you know, that'll, that'll get us to where we need to be. So uh, thank you for that. And but, I, you know, I, I say, and I can't do like, um, oh my God, he is wonderful. Texas. 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 Um, you know, he'll go in and he'll do his, his um, speech on your behalf. And, and Tracy does a good job. Too. Oh, John Bridavell. Uh, yeah, Bridavell. There you go. Um, it's not like I love to listen. And sometimes I feel guilty. Sometimes I won't listen to you because I feel guilty because I can't. Do yeah, that. I know. And that's that's and, a problem. I don't want people yeah. to feel that way. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, and it's not you, know, you got to do. But I just say, and I'm just saying, I not right now. Friday, you know, payday. Absolutely, I, I have to be in all the cards because I don't know how much my check is going to be. Lord, and I know. Because I'm two weeks. Every you know, because I'm every two weeks. Then you know, I that I can't say. Okay, it'll be the fifteenth for sure. I, I'm not. Yeah, salary, see, the same, you know, the, I don't the, have the same thing. The same thing happens with me, Lady B. I try to do very few automatic withdrawals because I just don't know if it's going to be there. The one that the one where I had no choice whatsoever was my car insurance, and every time the ninth of the month comes up, I got my fingers crossed, going, "Please be there, please be there, please be there," because it's my car insurance. Yeah. And it's it's it's, one of those it's hard. Where it's you have one hundred and eighty nine, and it's one hundred and ninety, or you know you have eighty nine, and it's ninety. But you know, we're, but we're we're not the only ones with problems. Apparently, Twitter hasn't paid their building rent in like four months. Imagine being the world's second richest man, and you're and and you're deadbeat in your rent. Ugh. Oh, but Tracy know, just jumped I mean, in. Tracy just jumped in and said, "I got to seventy five bucks, sis." And then uh, followed up with that by saying, uh, and hi, Lady B. I'm a grown-ass black woman. Don't tell me what to do. You ain't the boss of me. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. So so that challenges me. Are you up to smoke, Tracy? Bring it on, sister girl. Bring it on. (laughs) We will gossip and then have a drink afterwards. Okay? That's how we do. Um, But, no, I... um, yeah, so I, my point is, y'all, um, and you do have some generous donors. Yes. And y'all are blessed beyond belief. You know that. But that doesn't mean you should shoulder the burden. But I'm just letting you know, when you got it like that and you can, you have no idea. You have no idea how good it is. You know, you worked hard. You deserve every penny that you've earned. But you got to know, if you can... And you do, then many blessings come back on you. I got a friend right now, like I said, he's loaning me his car. And he can, you know. But he's such a good and decent person. It's just that I just, you know, they're just good. It does come back to you in faith. It comes back to you. It does. It may not be money, but I'm telling you, man, if he needed anything, you know, I'd be there for him and his family. If that's all I can offer, that's all I can do. But thank but, you, you know, but thank you for helpful. that. Thank you for that. And so Yeah. So tell your, your generous donors, you guys are not forgotten. Robin thanks you, but I thank you too because y'all allow me to listen. Just like y'all paying to my Medicaid. Well actually Colorado, yeah, if you Colorado, you pay into my Medicaid. 
you know, and you pay into my food stamps and you're helping me. And I come in this building and I clean these toilets and I help these people and they love me. And they say, you've got a good building. My inspections are always good. And I say, because I care about y'all, this is what I'm giving back. And so when I, and I did that open for you, dude, I uh, do that. I didn't get to catch you yesterday. If you mentioned it, I know you didn't play it because I told you not to play it. Right. But, I try um, to follow orders. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening to it, and I, I there was some of it cut off, so I don't know if you got the part that was cut off, too. But, um, and I know you have a friend who's working on it. Probably an amazing production guy. But if he doesn't get around to it, and you want to use something like that, I can certainly clean it up and make it real pretty for you for a little okay. while. I, 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 I've, I've listened to it, and I think it's going to take a little more tweeting. Oh, God, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Not tweeting, tweaking, tweaking. Uh, <laughs> tweeting is that Elon Musk. Yeah, we're yeah. we're not we're not That's doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. I I know it needs work, and to your ear, absolutely. You know, I know it, but I just was kind of excited about it, and that was kind of the feel that I was getting. So, you know. Well, when I first but like I said, when I first heard that you might be doing the new uh, voicer. I said, this is a no-brainer, you know? <laughs> but one thing, honey, it's, it's, it's audio. And when I'm trying to splice together Tom Jones, that's a two-minute, 52-long song, Robin. I get and it, Tom yes. is vocal, 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 vocal. Yep. I think the only instrumental he has is maybe four or five seconds on the intro. Um, so it's just... How am I going to find, you know, for, and then you had other songs too, but that's, you know, that, that one. And of course, um, big country, you know, they're the only two that I thought of, but yeah. The original intro as John Fox mixed it down was, uh, Mick Jagger and David Bowie doing dancing in the streets and then the drum loop mm-hmm. from big country. And yes. that was pretty much it. But we, if we add these other things in, uh, it's going to be it's going to be as complicated as Guy James's uh, uh, intro used to be. I don't even know if I've got Guy's intro, but I thought that was one for the ages. You know, uh, throw the first, uh-huh. throw the third switch. You know, and it, I, it, it was magic. Wow, you know what? Though I've wasted. I hope you can get Tom Jones in there it, because I do think it's appropriate. Yes. Um, yeah, whatever you do, let your guy do it. Now, you've got my vocal, so go ahead and let him do his magic. But I know production guys get slammed. That's how they make their money, is by churning stuff out. So, you know, whenever they get around to it. But I thought it would just be fun to play with. I could do a cleaner version with the chick and send it to you. And you don't have to use it, but like I said, okay. I can do that. Okay. Everybody's well, listening. We, we, we Fuck, we, are they talking? We'll pl- we will play with it, and I can't, well, I can't, oh, God, I can't wait to stop using the old intro. I'm so hungry to quit using the old mm-hmm. intro. And, you know, good news, mm-hmm. uh, good news, uh, Henry just jumped in and uh, finished off Ralph's challenge and added some to it. So, let's see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that gets us down to... Let's see where, uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
Sorry, I'll decide. It's so hard. Um, we are down to uh, $360. Thank you to uh, thank you to Henry in California, and thank you to Women Standing. Actually, we're down to 340 So we're going to, we, we are going to pay. So tomorrow, there will be, there will still be a stress line to call in on. That's what that boils down to. Yay. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, I'm on your stress line. Right, exactly. Um, but, and and by, by the way, I got to so, add, add this too, because there's, um, uh, earlier when I, uh, when I was talking to, uh, when I was talking to Scott, I got a note uh, from Jude. Who, uh, who pointed out that we have two dear friends now in rehab facilities, and that is uh, oh, yeah. that's that's Scott, who's on the line now, mm-hmm. yeah. as well as our dear friend Shorty in L.A., who is trying desperately oh, yeah. to so not get the Rona, which is a big yeah. deal. Wasn't Shorty like hit by a car? Or yeah, she or was. Yeah, geez. And Shorty, and, which part, um, I know, you know, I mean, I know it seems stupid, you know, or, or strange to talk about blessings, especially when you get by hit by two thousand pounds of steel. But I think she recognizes that that she she you know it wasn't her time. She's still around, and I hope her recovery goes well um you know i wish you so well and i wish you have a beautiful christmas and scott i wish you well too and everybody out there who's who's feeling poorly and uh or is feeling down you know know that there's people who do love you and that's if that's all you've got if this is the only show that you've got to listen to to validate that love and and like i said if you amen you know amen not to get all you know, evangelical or anything, but amen. But, but you know what? We were raised in the church, and it, it just comes back. Sometimes it just comes out. And But it's the only thing I can think of, like I said, with my friend loaning me a freaking car to drive. Six years ago, I didn't know him. And like I said, his name is Gabriel. And it's just, it's mind-blowing. Every day, every day I think about that. I just, I can't, I think I, was the word flamux or something where you're just so, yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're just throwing out loot. You, you, you're not even, you're just bewildered. Because yeah, you, you know, don't understand how. Right. So the, there, was a, there was a thing, and I, I know exactly what it was. It was, uh, um, and I know Jude's going to like this reference. It was January the 20th, 2009. I, lo- I love this story mm-hmm. because it was just so, um, it was so profound. And I didn't go to the Obama inauguration, but I got there that night because there was going to be a radio row, and I had my entire broadcast rig on my back. And and I I got a I I flew into uh, Dulles, which is a mess because back then the Silver Line wasn't built, and so you had to get on a bus to like Roslyn Station. And I know I know Scott knows what I'm talking about. That shuttle. That's yes, that yeah. that and and I stood out. I stood out there in like fourteen degrees with a wind chill of like ten below, because it was brutal. 
Now, you didn't try to lick any flagpoles. No, I take a pass on flagpole <laughs> licking in January. Uh, I, it's, it's even a rarity for me in July, if, if, if we must be, you know, candid about it. But I stood there waiting and freezing for that bus. I got on the bus. I rode to Roslyn Station. I didn't know, I didn't know shit from Shinola about D.C. Got on the train. Got on the train in Roslyn, and picked the wrong color train, and wound up at Reagan. Not Reagan. At National Airport. I will not befoul the name of that airport with that foul name. Eventually, got my ass turned around. Got to Union Station, and. It was chaos. I mean, everybody was pretty much gone, but the cops were still there. The barricades were still up. I had no idea where I was going. And this you guy. Know, in my mind's eye, I can almost see you with a look on your face, like some of the people who are out here with clipboards and bedpans and worried looks on their faces. I can see you on the platform <laughs> at Metro Center. Going, do I go this way? Do I go that way? Do I go this way? Yeah, no, I made it. I made it all the way to Union Station, but it was yeah. still the, pretty much the same. I had a, I had like a suit, a sweater, and a trench coat over that, and my badass fedora, and and a and a massive gig bag on my back, and another bag slung over my shoulder, and I walked out of there just. Dazed. I mean, just okay. Now we got to figure out where the I go. And then it turned out I was I was going to call Guy James. I mentioned Guy James earlier. I was going to call Guy James, but the entire cell tower system of Washington D.C. was in a in a state of complete collapse. Slammed, I think they call it. Yeah, hammered, <laughs> hammered, <laughs> counter sunk into the earth. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and I'm walking along. And this guy, this guy comes up to me, and he's looking a little rough. And I'm like, I think I'm going to be hard-pressed to fight my way out of this one. But he was just as sweet and kind as could be. Uh, like I said, he looked a little rough. He was wearing, like, one of those heavier uh, Army surplus insulated jackets. You know, like cotton mm-hmm. outfit. Olive drab. And... <laughs> Had kind of like, I, I, I hope this is going to make sense. Had one of those sort of angular, elongated um, Ethiopian Eritrean faces in the same coloration. Okay. Not a, you know, it, it, and he's like, "You ever been here before?" I'm like, uh, "No, no, no, sir, I have not." He said, know where you're going? No, I do not. I'm like, I'm going to wind up dead. And he said, do you know where you're supposed to be? I said, yeah. He said, let me walk you there. You don't need to be walking these streets by yourself. And, you know, big old strapping six-foot, two-inch tall, 240-pound man, okay? Yeah. And he said... These are not always the safest streets. And went on to tell me his life story about how his marriage fell apart and how he fell into drugs. And, uh, but, but how he had always managed to find a way to survive and how he felt like he was being watched over. And I don't mean like through the fillings in his teeth. 
And I had and I had the I had the loveliest walk with him to the hotel where we were staying. And again, it was frightful cold. He never asked me for a thing. And when and and, and I felt like I'd made a friend. And wow. when we got done, I dug around, reached into my wallet, pulled out a fifty or a twenty or something, handed it to him. He said, "I don't need that." I said, "I, I said, I, apparently I don't either." You, t- you you take this, and I thank you, and my family thanks you. And I I said I said that Jude would love this story because I told that on air, and our dear 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 sweet Juanita called in and said. Bob, don't you know who that was? Yes. I said, no, Juanita, who was that? She said, that was an angel. Unaware. And I had the same response that you did, Lady B. I had the same response that you did. Well, but here's the thing, because logic, not logic, but you go to college and you get all that fancy learning, and you think, okay, it's like, it's a longer story, but my sister told me today that she believes that back in the biblical times, human beings lived to be 900 years old. And I told her I didn't think that was possible, but she's like, basically, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. So, you know, you've got, yeah, you know, so there's some people, she's deep in her faith, and that's what she believes. And I go between the two. I think I told you that lots of times. You know, where I'm trying to be an intellectual and I'm trying to be all these things. But every once in a while, there's shit I can't explain. Um, some of your listeners who can gift you those things. Um, like I said, some of them can do it. Uh, you know, because goddamn, I can't, I can't even give you five bucks. Uh, you know what I mean? I've got $30 in my account, boo. I wish I could. And then there are some people who do better, and that's not to put any pressure on them, any obligation or anything. But when those folks came through for you on Friday, every time, Robin, I've been listening to you for about five years, every single time somebody comes through. And that's just regular, ordinary, hardworking people who do their best. But those, they're they're hearts. Somebody's talking to their heart, dude. Somebody's talking to their heart. Yeah. And I'll tell you one story, and I know you've got to wrap it up, but when I was a little, when I was younger, well, you might have been out of elementary school going into junior high. Yes, it was junior high. It was no goddamn middle school. And, um, same girl. My dad, he had a dad, uh, my dad had a station wagon. I don't know, 70, I, I don't know what year that damn thing was. And the windshield wipers broke. And we were coming to Oklahoma um, with a panhandle. Because that's how we would travel to Mississippi. We'd touch through there. But most times we'd go down to um, Trinidad and then right into New Mexico. Then to Amarillo. Then outskirts of Dallas. Then Louisiana. And then we would come back down to Vicksburg and then cross over into Vicksburg. But that's how our, our summers were. But we were coming throughout Oklahoma. It was summer. Uh, I think we had gone to Detroit that year to see my Aunt Jerry. And his windshield wipers broke. And it was pouring rain, just buckets of rain. There was a car in front of us. 
And it seemed like we were the only people out there. And they had turned on their lights. And my dad was able to follow their brake lights. And I mean, you know, they ain't shit in Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma's like Nebraska. There's just nothing out there. And um, anyway, the guy stayed at the right speed and we were able to follow him. And then we got to a gas station. And then he turned in, waited for my dad to get in, and then he drove off. And being a little girl, I thought, you know, that must have been an angel or something. You know? Yeah. And it was probably just a guy who wanted to help Daddy. He saw there was a problem. And he helped my dad. We have things inside of us. And you don't even have to attribute it to any deity. But it speaks to the decency of human beings when you can do something like my friend Gabe, who can do this. He's a freaking mechanical engineer and an architect, for God's sake, okay? He can do this. And he did. And I still, I still, I, to this day, I will never be able to get out here if I fuck. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you... How do you pay somebody like that back? How do you do it? You don't, and they don't expect and Robin, it, I, and, and whatever you do. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He won't. He will never ask me for anything other than that. No, but you mentioned that banana pudding that involves cream cheese, and I've been thinking about yeah, it ever I, since. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I told him your family is going to get my best. And, um, you know. Because, and he loves it, and his kids love bananas, and, uh, you know, the family likes eating bananas, bananas, and nobody has allergies. Um, I know, and my parents have left this world. I've, I've lost a couple of brothers. I've lost uh, nephews. Um, you know, and I have a big family, and I'm blessed with that. They look out for me, and they do the best they can. But I think God's like, I'm going to send you one more person to help you through this. And um, he did. And so I'll just always be grateful. So that's what I'm saying, Robin. I'm sorry to ball like a little bitch, but um, I'm going to let you Don't go. You dare. Don't hours. you dare apologize. And by the way, Jude, <laughs> Jude has a note for you. Lady B, cleaning is a powerful action and impacts everything and everyone around us. Scrubbing, scrubbing toilets and sinks provides a conduit that has a potential for healing. The the positive energy and the positive attitude that that Jude puts out there every day, day in and day out, is nothing short, nothing nothing short of amazing. But you're right, you're right in everything you say, uh, Scott. Yeah, I just wanted to give a tip of the old rabbit ears to Lady B because she without even knowing it, made an acknowledgement about the unsung heroes of radio. Now, what is it now, about the 12th or 13th of December? At any radio station in America, who is the busiest person on the staff? The poor, beleaguered production guy who is getting Mm last-minute orders and copy changes and all manner of stuff thrown at him. We had a guy at one station where I worked, the late Dave Monday, 
who was a wizard at production. And no matter what you oh, yeah. threw at him, no matter what the deadlines were, man, he always came through. Unsung hero indeed. Mm -hmm. But there's also unsung heroes out there, Scott, that every day, every single day. So I got to pay it forward, whatever I do. And I try you, to. You, you ask, how do you pay I it want back? You. you can never pay it back. So just pay it forward. That's the, the trick, I think. Isn't it? You know? Yeah. I, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. You know? That's, that's what I'm going to do. If that's, you know? And that's kind of exciting. <laughs> you know? So, um, so like I said, y'all, you know, don't feel like, oh, shit, I gave Robin this much. And, I mean, nobody... Some of us can't. We really can't. We wish we could. Um, but we try. And like I said, I'll give you something on Friday. So it doesn't come when you need it. Well, it doesn't come when you want it. It, does, listen, it, never, you need it. it never happens when it isn't needed. It never yeah. happens when it isn't needed. That that, that has never, so ever happened. Preaching. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've got Jude being like Khalil Gibran and, you know, we've got all of this mysticism and shit going on here. But I got to go because my twin is me twice. So she's like, Lady Bay, yep. bitch. Yep. Go, 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 <laughs> go, Lady Bay. <laughs> okay. Hi. All right, wrap it up. Yep. Okay, thank yeah. you so much, man. Yeah, end on okay. the top. Thanks see ya. <laughs> Bye. All right, now see you too, Robin. I'll see you, Lady B. Well, uh, one last thing before you go. You're going to be in there sure. for a couple of more days, and then they move you to the rehab facility? No, that's where I'm at now. After here, it's home. And oh, wow. The lady, the lady uh, two or three more days, and then uh, they're going to accompany me home. They're going to take a look at the place and give me hints and ways to adapt and get like a shower chair and different things like that to make the transition back to home living a workable arrangement. Because I can't just jump back into how things were. I've, I've got to ease back up into it. And uh, they believe me, they've done this before. So that's the, that's the encouraging thing about this. I know I'm in Yeah, they're not reinventing the wheel on you. No, hell no. They don't well, listen, to... Chester, you just limp on over there and help out, too, okay? <laughs> yes, sir, Marshall Dillon. <laughs> Still good. <laughs> All right. All right, Scott, uh, be good. I'm so glad you called in. I know everybody wanted to hear from you. And, and I'll see you tomorrow on Thursday, and we'll do the thorn in the side. No, wait a minute. That's not right. Don't. Don't start me. that. No. You hate me all over again. Oh, and by, by the way, if you want something to listen to uh, now that this program is almost over, um, my sis, Terry Allen, is over on Facebook doing Trans Talk Raw for the next, oh, you know, 45 minutes or so. Oh. And uh, you might want to check her out. She's a delightful human being. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad to see her back. Uh, reviving reviving the show after a brief and not on her account strange hiatus um, but no everybody not just Scott um, Trans Talk Raw on Facebook go over and check it out I think you'll like it Terry's really super smart of course you know that she's been on this program now I've heard her she's great yeah and that'll that'll knock out another hour uh, until they send you limping home <sighs> <laughs> See you, Scott. Okay, take care, Robin. Take mm. care, Warren, people. Bye. And thanks, everybody.
that bill's going to get paid. And then we'll start sweating the next two or three or five or whatever it is. Thank you. Thank you so much to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Wow, y'all jumped in all, it, it, wonderfully this evening. That was huge. And, and like Lady B said, the gratitude is, well, almost indescribable. But we try. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to uh, Sparky and Roger in the chat room earlier. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. After you've listened to Trans Talk Raw with Terry Allen and uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know. The folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and even now, fighting, trying to stop another toxic, deadly mountaintop removal permit down in the Coal River Valley this very evening, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Listen to Paul from Parts Unknown. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Hey, get your shingles vaccine. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask, just like Paul said. It may be it, it, it may be optional, but it's optional, and the smart people will exercise the positive option. Especially when you're around the great maggot unvaxxed and unwashed. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance, just like Paul says, 15 to 20 feet. And uh, if uh, uh, some dude with a deep southern accent comes down the street toward you saying, yeah, what we need is for what we need is for uh, President Trump to invoke martial law, get on and hobble on over there, Chester. Well, avoid, avoid that South Carolina maggot like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>